Liftoff will start in T minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We have ignition. Ahoy, everyone. It's time to set sail on another episode of Unconstitutional Awakening. Of course, I'm pretty sure you guys are familiar with both folks that are with me tonight. You guys know and love Luis just as much as me. And I brought back Mr. Michael Hall, that uh, that Mason fellow we had last time that caused quite a stir from a lot of you listeners and watchers. Y'all uh, y'all had a bunch of comebacks to me, and then I sent y'all his way, and I ain't heard back from you, so I'm thinking you learned something. <laughs> but I figured I'd have him back on again because, you know, it's, it's always good to talk about talk about this subject because he's a he opened my eyes to a few things the last time we talked actually um things that i don't think a lot of people can you know come across and catch and stuff like that usually when you hear the the scary word of a mason you get all you know ridiculous to be honest most of you out there you get a little ridiculous <laughs> i mean and i mean i've had my times too don't get me wrong but i come across this dude like i said the last time he was on through tiktok and he was out there just laying down historical facts to people that kind of ran him into a corner. And that's the, that's the kind of things I like to do. We were made, we were talking about it just before we started here about intellectual trolling. There's, there's totally a difference in trolling somebody when you got big brain power and when you're just on there to call people names, like two different levels of things. How are you guys doing this evening? Excellent. I'm just uh, hanging out with the boys. Yeah. Ready to start up some trouble, Luis. I heard you were uh, you were filming before you got over here, so uh, I'm, I'm not wearing you out. I'm not keeping you up from any hot dates <laughs> or anything tonight, am I? <laughs> this is his hot date. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. I have so much work that, that, but this also is very stimulating and positive. You know, I love I love our conversations, man, and I love your perspective. That's why I kind of keep you around. I, I will be sad to, if you ever decide to ditch me, so I'm going to just make sure I keep trying to bother you and hope that you don't. Which reminds me, uh, uh, Louis, do you want to – Louis or Luis? Luis works fine. Okay, Luis. Okay, perfect. Uh, you you want to start a podcast? <laughs> well, aside from this, I'm just going to steal you, uh, steal you I, away I, real quick. Yes, uh, I always work with uh, all the individuals that are, we have compatible mindsets with. Uh, when I started working with my friend Kevin, uh, it was after a ceremony. I realized, why the heck aren't we talking about this now? I need more. Why Kevin, are we talking about? Yeah, and Kevin is Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, well, Kevin my, my, my only contingency, my only contingency with this podcast is you can't belong to Jim Bob's podcast. You have oh, to choose yeah. one or the other. Oh, man, no. Now you can't oh. just steal them from me, bro. If you want, <laughs> look, if you if, if you if you want to hang out just as much, you're more than welcome to uh come and hang out here anytime you want. You don't have to. We I can get you in that group. There's a special group. Luis is part of this group. And you guys get the schedule on Sunday night. And you can join me on any of the episodes you'd like. We we have tons of great conversation, bro. I would love for you to be a regular guest over here with us. That'd be rad. 
Heck yeah. Luis, this kind of this kind of raised some uh, some interest. This uh, secret organization, you secretly a Freemason too, <laughs> <laughs> or are you Illuminati? Which one? Oh boy! Oh, the Illuminati. The Illuminati <laughs> likely is a bunch of old men in some castle in Europe talking shit to each other. <laughs> That's well, and also three hundred years ago. I was, well, and then... exactly, but I mean, like the descendants of them. That's why I'm saying it's still some guys. Oh, no, in yeah, those, those, those guys. Those guys are wearing denim shorts and, uh, you know, talking about mysteries and stuff. <laughs> well, you know, I, speaking of uh, you know all these all these different societies and different groups and stuff, I guess before we get too far involved into things, I got some groups for you guys to check out. You guys can uh, hop on over there and. Check out my buddy Kirk Elliott over there at kirkelliottphd.com forward slash Jim Bob forward slash, and he'll get you uh he'll get you hooked up on some gold and silver and anything else you need consulting on. He does a bunch of cool things over there. Real cool guy. I'm mean, I'm trying to get him back on the show. He'll, he should be back here soon in rotation. He's just a very busy man. He's a he's quite a popular man. He hangs out on a bunch of other people's podcasts on top of doing his own too. And then uh you can also j- hop on over there and check out Peachy Cute Creations. She does uh, energy healing, and she she's she. What, I believe she's a master Reiki practitioner now. She's she's got all of her passions and stuff, and move forward. So she's doing master, you know, master energy healing on top of making candles and selling you all kinds of home, homemade soaps and stuff like that. You can get over there and check out her latest creations. That's Peachy Q Creations. She's over there on Facebook, and then you can also check out my buddy. <clears throat> Oops. You can also get over there and check out one of my favorite, but one of my favorite new buddies, Brett Pike and, and classicallearner.com. And he's doing homeschools connected. He's bringing homeschools via the internet to everyone across the country, across the world, really. You guys go over there and use code freedom and you can get some discount on there and get his weekly, uh, his, his, his weekly curriculums and such to help you, uh, you know, develop your kids and such in a better way. And then last but not least, the guy we're always giving a hard time, and I know he's going to be listening to this one too, because uh, he said I gave him too much of a hard time in the episode we filmed last night, Luis. But my buddy Ammo Can over there doing survival gear and plate carriers and his new ghillie suits like we were talking about last night. You guys get over there and check out Ammo Can and get yourself some stuff ordered, because you never know if uh, you might need some survival stuff, even if it's just for camping. Give him a check out. And then before I uh, jump back into the show, I need to make sure you guys go on ahead and uh, hop on over to unconstitutionalawakening.com. We've been doing some updates. As you can see, the website's uh, making some advancements here. You can find where you can watch us over there on Rumble Odyssey and BitChute and listen to us on any of these apps that you see listed or even directly on the website. And to show your support, you can come right here and click this link and it'll take you directly to our store where you can get you some awesome Freedom Pirate merch. And wear that stuff out on the street. People are actually starting to recognize it in places when I'm wearing it. So I think that's pretty cool. Now that I've got all the, that uh, formality nonsense out of the way, we can jump right back into uh, these secret societies you guys were trying to make mention of. Like, I know, I know Masons aren't really a secret society. You can literally see a Mason building on every town corner, just about every square you go to. There's I, so many in New York. Yeah. Like, the Active Lodge is in 23rd Street. Uh, in Sixth uh, Avenue, I think it's a. I, I haven't gone inside of it, but it's an interesting location for the lodge. And there is another lodge that's in Bushwick, where I live, that was converted into housing. 
And then there's another lodge that's in what's considered Petstai that looks really sketchy and old, and I have no idea what that is anymore. I'm imagining there's some fake lofts. Can you talk about um, like the offshoots of the masons and um, like what happened when it fractured into pieces and it started to look weird and not cohesive? Um, I mean, there hasn't really been much of a like real schism inside of Freemasonry just because uh, like the only real schism that happened was uh, I can't even remember what year it was, but basically, so like any recognized recognized lodge that you see will have uh, either three letters or four letters. And uh, there's a few others as well, that, but the two main ones that was the original split was uh, it was free and accepted Masons. So you'll see F and AM uh, on the building, or you'll see AF and AM, which is ancient free and accepted. Uh, oddly enough, ancient free and accepted is the newer version and uh, free and accepted is the older one, but they went towards more of a progressive side of things. But then there's people that wanted to hold on to tradition. Uh, so that's why they named it ancient. And then so the two kind of split, but stayed under the same Grand Lodge. Uh, and, but um, this, this only happened for about a year. And then they came back to but they kept it two separate lineages, uh, but still under the Grand Lodge of England. And, uh, it, like, really, it was just a dispute over, um, whatchamacallit, uh, semantics, really. <laughs> uh, but the as far as, like, fake lodges and stuff goes, uh, a lot of those were started uh, by ex-Freemasons who basically either got kicked out, uh, expelled, if you will, or... Uh, you know, people just starting up their own thing and it's just, you know, kind of not constituted or there's no like real or order involved. They're just kind of like buying Duncan's off of Amazon and then just thinking that it's like LARPing Freemasons, which is ironically hilarious to me. Like being one myself, it's kind of like, it's already a nerdy niche as it is. <laughs> but if you like actually join, it's just kind of a nerdy niche. Uh, but then someone's like LARPing the nerdy niche. Good lord! Like I, mean, I, I, I bet that is comical from like the standpoint of being like, look at these guys being you know trying to be out here and be a fake you know be fake masons. I, I think you were kind of running trying across. Trying to go to the lodge and just try to join. <laughs> yeah, it's literally that easy. <laughs> just go there, talk to people. It's like, how do I join? And like, and I guess they'll introduce you to the several steps required. Yeah, you literally just petition to join and petition. And that's that's one of the biggest misconceptions, too, is that people think the process is you have to be invited. You have to have lineage. You have to have this. You have, have to have that. Well, for one, the first step is showing up and petitioning. And the word petition literally means like a uh, like humble request, basically. And so you're requesting. So it's coming of your own free will and accord. And like requesting membership like if someone's recruiting you it's more than likely one of those fake clandestine lodges because they like have the whole pyramid scheme thing going on where like oh they're that's fake. right i've heard of this they're trying yeah, to they're take fake. your assets and stuff yeah the fake worshipful master is basically getting his pockets lined by the members of this lodge and they, he's got people running around like picking up his dry cleaning and all kinds of nonsense and like if it, you 
you can ask I've anybody. Heard of, I've heard of all of this before, actually. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and not only that, that's like a, the unfortunate thing is that's where a lot of the misconceptions kind of like, or some of them derive from is because they're literally beating the living crap out of each, out of these candidates. Like that think that they're actually joining something legitimate and they're hazing and literally jumping as if it's like being jumped into a, a street gang or something. And we literally don't do anything like that, like at all. <laughs> so people t hear stories like that, take it, sure. run with it, and then apply it to us because they don't understand that there's like fake Freemasons the, and the, authentic my ones. The, my favorite thing that I catch Mike doing when I'm flipping through TikTok is he is always, you know, because there's somebody always on there talking masonry this, masonry that, or they're pretending to be a mason. And he, he pops up. I'll see, I see stitches constantly where you'll see somebody start something. And I'll be like, I'll be getting ready to tag him. And then all of a sudden he pops up and I'm like, oh, he's already stitched it. Never mind. He's here to like give his perspective because he'll just, he doesn't hesitate to call him out and tell, tell somebody when they're wrong on it. And I think that's awesome. Like there's, there's such a way to do it too, that he, as, as I've made mention before in the show of having that, um, that that elegant way of telling someone to go fuck themselves in such a way <laughs> that they look forward to it like it's 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 i don't know that's that, that's that intellectual trolling we were making mention of there and you were just talking before like way before even louise showed up that uh you've been having a little bit of trouble with some dude on there running his mouth here recently and I, you know i got your back bro I, we can call him out up on youtube <laughs> yo what's up uh well uh it's kind of hard to narrow it down Honestly, because I have to deal with so many, so many different people. Uh, trying to think of who specifically is it? Was it regarding Freemasonry, or was it the conversation we were having? Mm -hmm. The conversation this? we were having, you were saying that some dude, you know, I, I, some dude was playing some kind of out of something, and you were trying to put him, get him straight. Oh, oh, okay. So the yeah, mystic so, thing. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of like separate. This is kind of personal practice, oh. personal beliefs and stuff. So like, I didn't even mention anything about Freemasonry or anything like when I get into these discussions, yeah. uh, you know, I try to leave that like aside. So that way it doesn't reflect like my personal beliefs doesn't reflect like the teachings of Freemasonry because Fair. nothing is definitive when it comes to the individual's spirituality or religion and it doesn't interfere and it's not a replacement uh, for either. But so yeah, this person, um, I, I don't, I can't remember the exact word that he was using, uh, but it was some word that basically alluded to him being some sort of clerical saint or whatever. And, but the topic of discussion, I hopped into someone else's live was whether or not Paul uh, was a false apostle. And this is a recent subject that I came to understanding and I, you know, did my due diligence and research and it hit me it, like literally for, I don't even know how long Paul has always been my favorite apostle, if you will. Okay. And, uh, and I'm, I am saying this from a lens of like a mystic Gnostic, uh, interpretation, if you right. will. So, right. but that's, ba that's basically what he kept trying to like get me with was like, Oh, like I have this scholarship. Uh, so yeah, like my interpretation is okay, but when you have an interpretation, let me tell you why you're wrong. I'm like, uh, we can go scholarly if you want to. Uh, 
and but then he made a couple uh ad hominems about like oh oh yeah like well you're you're a mystic i'm like okay <laughs> right like I, I, I like the, the point that i presented to him he would not address it he kept dancing around it and pulling out his scholar card whatever whatever i was like okay i don't like i don't care about your credentials tell me why like the testimony of paul specifically says that a light appeared in the sky fell down hit him he fell down he heard a voice and then uh the people that were with him didn't see anybody either uh it clarifies that later on this is uh acts chapter nine and uh but then there's another verse that says that uh jesus even said himself that uh basically he saw satan fall like lightning right so i kind of see a little bit of a parallel there and there's enough basis to like uh there, there was a, a TikToker. He's a mutual of mine. He's actually like, you know, I would consider him to be a friend. Uh, but he, he's a scholar, and but he, he's very much pro Paul. And we disagreed on this, but he said he equated it to an association fallacy. And I was like, oh come on, give me a break. <laughs> and uh, but basically, so that's that's one of my issues. But then uh, the other thing, the main point that I was trying to drive home on this this other guy was basically. The fact that all the other apostles, like based on the text, is that Jesus appeared to them in full apparition. And then it was completely different with Paul, who had never met Jesus. And he gives this claim that, you know, like his own idea of how the spirit descended upon. It's not like he was besties with the apostles and learned how they received the Holy spirit. He was literally out killing Christians and, but then comes up with this immaculate claim of like a light came down and, and hit me. And then I hear a voice and I was like, who else heard a voice inside of Genesis? Like that's kind of the whole point of Genesis is that it's like, you know, in a mystical sense, in a religious sense, it's supposed to be like somewhat of a prophetical thing. And I was like the serpent in Genesis whispered or spoken to the ear of Eve, ate the fruit, Adam ate the fruit, and then the downfall. And then ironically, Paul gets hit by lightning, hears a voice and, you know, falls to his knees. And there's just tons of parallels in that. And he's just like, couldn't give me a straight answer. He's just like, no, he's like giving me the the context excuse. And the, the, you just have to understand from a, I'm, I'm a saint. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you still haven't answered my question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you get all the time though. People, people even being just flabbergasted because most people hear the thing, hear the term Mason and they probably automatically assume that you're some kind of Satanist. Oh yeah. That's a- <laughs> all the time. That's the first go-to. It, it, I would say if anything, it's, <clears throat> is it's, it's based off some variation of Christianity, is it not? Uh, so h- his- historically, uh, in 1717, so there was a bunch of what's called like operative and even speculative Mason lodges. So they were basically stonemason guilds and, you know, they were just meeting in lodges and having fellowship. Uh, and so 1717, 
is when everything was getting constituted by four of these lodges, they came together and was like, okay, like we need to establish order in this. So that way, like everyone can kind of be on the same page instead of every single lodge being completely sovereign. And there's just no organized anything to this. And so basically when it first started, they were Anglican Christians for the majority because it was started at uh, the goose and gridiron uh, pub, which was in, in the same courtyard as the church of England, which was an Anglican church. Right. So majority of these guys, if not all of them were all devout Anglican Christians, reformed Anglican Christians who were basically the ones that created the ritual and so on and so forth. And it was originally constituted that you had to be a Christian in order to join. But they changed that about five years later uh, with like someone had suggested a new order um, or like a new edict, basically, that uh, you just had to believe in a like a supreme being uh, to make it more universal because there was, you know, people that were Jewish, people that were uh, deist. You know, there was a lot of uh, it was the age of enlightenment. So people were questioning a lot of things and they wanted to get involved with this like semi-aristocratic like group of people that were getting together and talking about things in a mystical sense in a philosophical sense or whatever the case may be and share knowledge with each other i wonder where it diverted into a belief that you guys were saying now i will say this is something louis 20th century this is something I remember from the last time me and that I had Michael on. He was telling me that uh that was didn't you say it was the Catholic Church that was constantly doing a lot of uh anti Mason propaganda and such? Uh yeah, so lightly it started with them basically they you know, Rome had already had an issue with the idea of, you know, people meeting having secret rights and like a, a belief system of just allowing men of all faith to join. They had already declared it heresy back in 1738 and made it like, uh, like a, like a papal bull law or whatever, like, uh, and to where their congregation could not be Freemasons. And if they found out that someone was a Freemason, they'd be excommunicated. Um, so there was persecution going on even in that sense. Uh, but what it really boils down to, so they, they made accusations. The long, one of the longest running inside jokes too, is the, the joke of riding the goat, uh, which uh, pretty much just stems from that. Exactly. Accusations of people saying that we're in there worshiping goats or sacrificing goats or whatever the case may be. So like we turned it into a way of like just laughing about it. And this is even published based. It's, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but this is published in Mackey's Encyclopedia of Freemasonry, which was published back in the mid 1800s. And uh, but the, the real source of it is has to do with the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, if you actually we'll do this real time, uh, pull up the, uh, the video share, if you don't mind. Got I, what you got, what you need. Okay, so type in Leo Taxel hoax. Leo and then just you can you can go to the Taxel Wikipedia. Hoax. The Taxel hoax popped right up. And I will pull it up 
And here we are. The tactical right. hooks so, and Freemasonry. Yeah. So, I mean, we can pretty much just kind of go over the, the gist of it. We, we don't have to read everything. All right. So, Leo Taxel was the pen name of Marie Joseph Gabriel Antone. Ah, uh, somebody help me. I don't know how to say that one. J J Joggin Pages. <clears throat> yeah, I'm butchering it. Close That's just how close I close enough. <laughs> who, who had been accused of earlier? Uh, had been accused earlier of Labelle. La yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Labelle regarding a book called called the Secret Loves of secret lover loves of the pope pious i'm not good at those on april 20th 1884 published encyclopedia let's see let's see that said that so, the human so basically go, go ahead. Give, yeah see if you can give me a sum up i'm, I'm not good <laughs> well, at reading well, yeah, publicly the, i'm sorry no, you're good you're good you're good uh so the gist of that portion is that leo taxel was the pen name and basically we were talking about intellectual oh, trolling and 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 <laughs> on intellectual trolling so pretty much this guy was like late 1800s early 1900s version of a troll he he just had a, a blast doing hoaxes he was kind of known for this thing um but one of one of his most successful uh hoaxes is basically uh let me see is that is that the, okay yeah so read the confession the Confession? Yeah. On April 19th, 1897, Leo Taxel called the press conference at which he claimed he would introduce Diana Vaughn to the press. At the conference, instead, he announced that his revelations about the Freemasons were, fic were fictitious. He thanked the Catholic clergy for their assistance and giving them publicity to his wild claims. Taxi's confession was printed entirely in the Par Paris newspaper, Lee, Lee Frauder, on April 25th, 1897, titled 12 Years Under the Banner of the Church, The Prank of Paladism, Miss Diana Vaughn, The Devil at the Freemasons, a conference held by M. Leo Taxel at the Hall of the Geography Society in Paris. The hoax material is still cited to this day. The Chuck Publications track, The Curse of Baphomet, and Randy Noblet's book, The Satanic Ritual Abuse, Cult and Ritual Abuse, both cite Taxel's fictitious claims. So, so basically, long story short, he published a bunch of fabricated books making all these wild claims to basically put on a smear campaign to not only smear Freemason, more specifically Albert Pike, uh, and to basically trick the Roman Catholic Church to be like, ha, see, we told you they're satanic. We told you they're heretics and blah, blah, blah. Just for him to come out and be like, uh, well, it was, guess what, guys? It was a prank. <laughs> and so he was trying to make the Catholic Church look foolish and make Albert Pike, which everyone equated Albert Pike to be like, like the, the king of Freemasonry, basically, of all time. Yeah, and which yeah. which is completely untrue. Completely. Yeah, I remember like, you told me I, that last time. Yeah, so so a lot of the claims of like satanic stuff, whatever, it all stems from that exact hoax, <laughs> and people still go back and quote it. Like uh, the Luciferian doctrine quote is completely fabricated. Uh, that uh, that Vaughn chick or whatever 
doesn't yeah. even exist, never did. He completely made her up. And so all of his sources then became null and void. And he publicly admitted that, <clears throat> that it was a hoax, that there was no satanic ritual abuse going on within Masonic lodges. Well, you know, I'm sure a lot of us out here that are walking around even today, we've had, you know, I mean, I'm for one who can say that I had like grandparents and great uncles and uncles and stuff that, you know, were definitely a part of it, but they just didn't really talk about it. Like it was just, I don't know, like it seemed that if you talked about it or whatever, that it was some kind of, they made it seem like it was some kind of thing, but I just, I, I feel like that's, there was a lot lost because nobody did talk about it. Like generation gaps, I'm sure you see them there. Yeah, and that that stems from the history of persecution as well. Because I mean, even World War II, there was like 240 thousand plus uh, men who died that simply for the fact of being Masons, whether they were Jewish or not. Uh, wow. And it was it was pretty much ban like uh, like the lodges were somewhat given an ultimatum of like, listen, you can stop doing this and go peacefully or like you can die. And, uh, there was a lot that did, that did die, uh, you know, and not to just make that whole situation about Freemasons, obviously, yeah. um, the, it was a mass genocide that took a lot of lives, but, uh, that was one part that's included that, uh, doesn't really get mentioned much inside of, the uh historiosity of the situation sure because why would they make mention of masons being persecuted as well when they're trying to use them as a scapegoat anyway for other things yeah i've literally had people on tiktok try and tell me that hitler himself was a freemason i'm like excuse me like he that's was, impossible he was, a, he was a jewish man right <clears throat> uh partially he had some one of his uh his i can't remember the guy's name yeah one of his right hand men he basically had them he caught wind of this and uh was very unsettled by it because he may or may not have had descendants and then his uh from my understanding his right hand man at the time basically discovered that it was true but but the reason why he actually flipped and th this might open up a can of worms for everyone listening, including you guys. There's one key note here that everyone is missing that will connect so many dots that goes so far back, like 16, uh, ironically, 1666. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, basically, so basically, so um, basically, well, it ties in a lot of other stuff too, spiritually, but you know, that's, that's a whole other that's a whole other ballpark, but um, long story short, uh, he found out that his lineage, he does come from like Jewish descent on like his mother's side or something like that. And, but it wasn't that they were actually like Jewish because they were a subsect of Judaism called uh Sabadian Frankist. And it was a movement that was carried on and like expanded on by a man named Jacob Frank. Uh, who adopted the doctrine of Sabbatai Zebi. So Sabbatai Zebi, claimed, and back in 1666, claimed to be the Jewish Messiah, but he taught a blasphemous uh, doctrine that went against Torah, went, or, uh, went against Torah, 
the the prophets like in the Tanakh as well as uh uh the uh the Talmud and it was he basically created what's called the law of inversion um now Jacob Frank fast forward 100 years or so he claimed to be the reincarnation of Sabbatai Zebi Sabbatai Zebi basically created a, a cult following based on these teachings with the law of inversion of Torah and he uh, didn't really remain respected because he was given an ultimatum by like some other emperor uh, that pretty much said either convert to Islam or die. And he was like, uh, okay, I convert. So he, uh, <laughs> he basically did that. All of his followers didn't take him serious anymore. So he ended up basically just dying went from being an, some somewhat of an emperor to basically broke and alone um, whenever he died. Uh, but Jacob Frank adopted this idea, said he was the reincarnation of this man. And so he basically, the, the whole doctrine is if you were to take all 613 laws of the Torah and invert them, he basically quote unquote said, uh, if we can't all be saints, then we must all be sinners. Now the 613 laws in the Torah, there's specific laws that say basically don't prostitute your daughter. Don't, uh, have sex with little boys. And basically Jacob Frank was like, we're going to do the entire opposite. We're going to, do the, what's called the law of inversion where we're going to invert the entire Torah, do the opposite because that's, what's going to force the Messiah, the like God coming down and reigning on earth and their like idea because being saints wasn't working. He said, we can't all be perfect. So we're all just going to do as much debauchery as possible, including it's, harming children. Sounds like That sounds like now, right? <laughs> And sounds that's, like that's somebody took some advice from the, those from those old writings because <laughs> when somebody uh, makes minor attracted people an acceptable term, I think we're, well, in, and that, we're that, going into a very dark direction as a society. Yes, absolutely, and we know that this is true because so the closest or not closest the the epitome of modern times what I can tied to this example uh, is Jeffrey Epstein, uh, you know, the elephant in the room. He was absolutely a Sabadian Frankist. And to give proof to that, we all know about that weird little temple on his island, right? So from far away, it looks like it's pretty Ooh, decent. He's obviously... Let's let's pull up the actual video. Uh, Jim, uh, if you look up... Which video? Uh, look, look, Grakowski... Uh, we are changed. Look up Epstein Island video, and we can actually see a close up of the temple. Oh yeah, that, I, was, I, I was literally going to bring up that video. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's that's exactly that video showcase. That he he walks straight walks to the wall. It actually looks yeah. like shit up close. Yes, that that's that's the point that I was going to bring up. So yeah, once he brings that up, uh, yeah, 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 you have to. If nobody's seen this video, everybody should watch this video. <sighs> Luke and his friends are ballsy motherfuckers. Luke, Luke. All right, hang on. We are changed. Help me out. We are changed. That's what I need. Thank you. And then type in like Epstein snuck on to. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder how they didn't take it down because it would be too weird if they took it down. 
Right. The uh, first ever I was, look I was at, just watching it a couple weeks ago, so it, I'm gonna it do this right here. Up. I'm gonna do so this right here, and you guys help me out. All right. So it's by minute, by minute seven. Go to minute seven. Of which one? Go to minute seven. I'll, I'll send it to you. It says exclusive first, first look ever inside look. Epstein. Epstein Spider Island. I can't believe it only has 1.4 million views. That's crazy. It should have 50 million. And you said Everybody minute seven. Watch this freaking video. Uh, I'll put it in chat right now. I mean, I've got the video. Uh, yeah, around seven minutes. Uh, you can start playing. Just take off, lower the video or audio at least. Lower the video audio. Uh, yeah, it was really loud. Okay, I got you, buddy. So, but yeah, play. It you guys ready? Around. I mean, honestly, could could just mute it because. Uh, yeah, they're just discussing. Yeah, you're right. We yeah. can just mute it because they're just running around. So they're they're about to get to the part where. Because again, this whole thing was filmed on the island uh, in a very short period of time. There's some edits, but otherwise, they're because they're just walking around. Um, but they're gonna. I think it's around this time is when they get to, to walk in in front of the. Yeah, there oh, yeah. We go. Yep. Here we are. There okay. Yeah, I've, so, I've seen this. so, so this is where my expertise or my field of studies comes into play. Like. Not every Freemason does this, but symbolism is obviously a prevalent part. So yeah, you see up close from Stop. a far distance, this thing looks like an incredible, uh, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a, I don't know, billionaire or whatever. He was very rich, but then you, you see up close it looks fake. <laughs> and it, it, yeah, it looks like a Hollywood <laughs> why, movie why set, is it right? cover, Why is it covered up? What was behind that door too? Well, that's, that's what we're about to get into because I got some answers for that. Really? Yeah, and it's based off of uh, testimony from someone who said that they were an uh, ex-employee that was there, uh, and they dropped an interview on it. I don't have like secret inside to Epstein's Island because of yeah, the Freemason yeah. or anything. Just yeah. to clarify for the viewers, <laughs> this is this is all stuff that anyone can. It's more on the esoteric. But, I mean, the statues all over the island. Are yes, yes, and I'm, yeah, he's exactly. going to go into the statues too. He covers this. He shows some of the statues. And uh, so, yeah, so basically this guy being who he is, he owns a private island, for God's sake. And, and everything Five miles else is away just like from Joe Biden's brother's island. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's got all this money and everything else is constructed beautifully, whatever, whatever. And then he's got this weird temple that is just literally it looks like a hollywood movie set the uh the 3d and uh embossing on uh, on the walls it's all it's just a it's just a cube and it's painted to look like it has like dimension and stuff like that like on the windows and and whatnot but it, it's it's all just 3d painting and so from a distance it looks more elaborate and then you get up close and it's like well, this is just a giant shit box. <laughs> All right, go to minute 541. Sorry, 541. 541. There you go. Sicky he's going to back and forth, but you're going to see it from a from still a distance, but you still see it. There you go. Yeah. And the dome used to be on top of it. Mhm. Mm they removed that, they removed the statues and everything else. So the statues that were up there were the Owls of Minerva. Uh, then you have the temple itself. So you can see it looks like a giant door, but it's painted on there. It's, it's, it's literally, a, <laughs> it's literally it's like, painted. <laughs> it, it looks like a 
Hollywood, even J.E., like they, he had to make sure they painted J.E. on there. He couldn't even engrave it or anything. He just, But basically, this is supposed to be mimicking multi-religious uh, aspects. Uh, so you've got basically the uh, tabernacle or Solomon's temple, which is supposed to represent the, uh, the temple of God. And uh, from a from a Jewish and Christian perspective, and then you've got the Owls of Minerva. So you have other mythology going on. You've got uh, uh, like Greek layout symbolism on the floor. Uh, but the the main thing is what was on the inside, based on the testimony of this ex employee. They said that there was nothing else on the walls except for a picture a frame picture of the pope of a pope one of the popes now we all know what one, like what era if it was a recent era or was past era uh they they didn't specify they Maybe, just they just oh, said that yeah so yeah of, they just of, said there's of, a of all pope yes so what these like frankists did was not only did they falsely claim judaism they were completely uh excommunicated from the jewish community they basically immediately went and converted. They went into Russia, converted into Roman Catholicism, and they were mass baptized and worked out a deal basically with the Roman Catholic Church in Russia. And so, uh, mm-hmm. basically, the they started to right Yes. <laughs> so, uh, you have so basically you have a combination of all this, and th- this was back in the day, like when uh, Jacob Frank was still alive. That's when they did all this converting. Jacob Frank actually went and became a Jesuit bishop, basically. And so they converted to Catholicism. And then, you know, ironically, on the timeline, not much after you start seeing all the essay uh, going on within with with harming children. <laughs> they, they So they took the, this law of inversion and then started to implement it while infiltrating into the Roman Catholic Church. So basically, at Epstein Island, you have this... Jewish temple that's also in a cube because obviously we can see it's not actually 3D. It's in a cube, so you've got the cube of Mecca. Uh, so you've got Islam, and then you've got a pope on the inside uh, hanging on the wall while he's doing what everyone knows that he was doing in every orifice of his island, <laughs> including obviously this uh, this disgusting tabernacle. So it's the ultimate blasphemy that they think is righteous in the eyes of God because of this laws, law of inversion. They think that basically sinning, it's right, they called it righteous sin. So doing whatever they wanted to blaspheme God, but in their mind, they're still serving God. So they all still believe in God and they worship God, but they're purposely doing all these disgusting things in order to force the Messiah to come down here and fix everything and rule on earth and all this. And like, that somehow makes they think, it way worse. <laughs> it's yeah, somehow makes right? it even worse. Right. It's, it's, it's a good, it's uh, a good explanation to the wise uh, that are still done to this day. Like nothing yes. that was done here stopped. Well, nothing. and, and not, not, not okay. all, we all know Jeffrey Epstein's connections. Um, go pull up Google one more time and then type in, uh, first Jewish Supreme Court justice. 
Also, well, Gillian Maxwell is likely the connection to of power mm-hmm. to most oh, of this, and Epstein was kind of the face of it. Because some people are saying that he's uh, a bumbling uh, idiot in comparison to her. Okay. This guy? Lewis Brandes. Now, uh, you can copy and paste his name or uh, or type it in either way. <clears throat> and then put uh, Frankist at the end of his name. You got you got it almost right. Go back. It's with an I. Frank Kiss. Yes. Yeah, so like Frankism. With an I. But Frank There we go. But Frankist. Yeah. Still powering up this. This? Yeah, so there you go. That. So you can find uh basically oh, any of these Frank, links. Uh, Frankist yeah. Jew. Exactly. See, but they put Frankist Jew because they they are the creators of anti-Semitism. Interesting. It's the, there's there's okay. one of the worst things that you can do in Jewish law is hate another Jew, oh. and th- so they inverted oh. that and created anti-Semitism. So okay. they I'm referred about, to themselves as Jews I'm, when they actually weren't. I'm unintentionally about to make people angry because you're right, <laughs> actually. You're you're not wrong with. The, I mean, we're the, talking about academic level the, things. We're not the, talking the, about the Frank is the Frank. Well, no, okay. You get you know you guys were making mention about like you know the the guy with the funny mustache thing and you know did you know did you know that many high ranking Nazis <laughs> sorry I had to do that were Jewish. And I can give you a list of names that even were there after the purge uh, or the so-called purge of Jewish people from that regimen. And, 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 you know, people, people don't like this subject because it does get bad, but I mean, I can give you some names if you want to want to Google them yourself. I don't, I've been there, but if you look up like Walter Hellander or Bernard Rogue or Hans Eppinger or ML Maurice, Erhard Milak, Alexander Stahlberg. These these were all very high ranking people in that regimen <laughs> that are very tied back, which makes it funny that you brought that thing up about the the Jew hating the Jew, not being able to do that, and the Frankist thing because because you know you you Luis, this is where this ties back too about kind of hinting it it never the regiment never stopped it just changed places. Well, the the polls have said multiple times uh, when they speak about the European Union and why they don't like the Germans uh, to this day in relation to certain political this ideas in relation to the European Union. They say the Fourth Reich is still alive and well. It's, oh. it's the Germans. The Germans are still pushing the Fourth Reich. Well, the they Dutch. control the economy. If you think, if you realize how Europe has evolved. Sure. Majority of the economy runs on Germany's yes. uh, back. And it is interesting that also now Germany, when the collapse happened in 2008, literally started buying up whole sections of other countries. Sure. You- so in, in certain respects, the, the Fourth Reich is alive and well. It just became an economic controlled. And ironically, it all, every single one of these trails 
leads back to Jacob Frank in some way, shape, or form. Because guess where they migrated to after well, – I, I think it was after Russia. Don't quote me on that. But they eventually migrated to – and this is going to sound like a familiar term for uh, you know conspiracy theorists uh, – Frankfurt. He was the Frankfurt he, school. He might, Wait, did they start the Frankfurt school? A, 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 there's a very big there's a whole conversation on that and uh, C, uh CRT and uh, <clears throat> all the problems yeah. we're having on now. Wow, that's all connected. Exactly. This is, when you, Our when current you learn times the are manipulated by these people. Exactly. Okay. So when Jacob Frank Jacob Frank went to jail oh, in Frankfurt and and he was there. And so that leads into basically him being an influential person, converting people into Frankism and then infiltrating things and so on and so forth. So infiltrating into the German Reich, no problem. Because okay. guess what happened to Mustache Man? He had found out that he had lineage, not only to have uh, Jewish descent, but that they were Frankist. And then he discovered that this is what was going on, the uh, Sabadian Frankism. And that's why he snapped. Have you? Who knows about the Caton massacre? Caton massacre? Oh, no, yeah. There's there's something that a lot of people aren't familiar with. So, I love you guys. If I go missing, I didn't do it. Um, so the <laughs> I'm Kate, a Freemason. I'll keep you safe. The, you are the, not suicidal. The Caton. Jim Bob Oval Shorts is not suicidal. The Caton massacre. I'll, I'll call the boys and tell them. Just hold off. Just, Just he's, hold he's off. good. He's good people. So the Caton massacre happened before the claimed invasion of Poland by Germany, where Russia went in and killed a shit ton of high-ranking people and women and children. And then shortly after the Germans came in and finished cleaning it off. And the Germans actually got blamed for the Russians' war crimes in the Caton Massacre, even though it was things that the Russians did. And it's taught to this day that the Germans did a lot of it, but the Russians did it during the Caton Massacre. And you can, you know, I, I'll share the links. You can, you can even Wikipedia this one. This is, this is, this is real. And so, you're you're talking about up there where he snapped. There is some real proofs to that. And there's even those weird quotes that I know I've seen floating around. Yeah, I'm sure all of you have seen floating around where, like the uh, the next world war will start when they figure out what Hitler figured out. What did Hitler supposedly that do? that was Hitler's quote? Hitler said when he he oh man this is this is a this is a creepy quote. Have you never heard this quote? Show it to me. I mean, I'll send you also like check out later that link I sent before. I will. I will. Point. This is all related. This is fascinating how it's all related. And, and Hitler was an occultist of his he own. Oh was. yeah, they spent twenty billion dollars. They the, spent the same amount of money the on day, nuclear bomb development that they ready? spent on occult shit. Are you ready? Are you ready? This is quoted, and this is this is directly from Hitler. Like the the they've tried to fact check it, but there's nonsense in the fact check. But it does say that the day that mankind finds out what I was trying to defend my nation from is the day that World War Three will start. 
And when you're talking about this separate Jew thing and 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 stuff like and that, that's, that's one thing that I do want to clarify is that they are not Jews. They are yeah. not Jewish. They're only of descent or whatever. Some of them, but he was based out of Turkey. Yes, and we're not speaking about so, Jewish current Jewish population. No, no I'm not speaking exactly. Jewish current Jewish population. No. Exactly. No. Not Orthodox Jews, not like the peaceful people of Israel, the just n- none of, none that. of these this people is specifically yeah. individual accountability. And it's specifically the Frankest. Some sick fucks. OK, so. Yes. All right. So here's going to be oh God, I am going to be in so much crap for this. So that actually goes on with the Frankest thing. And right before he kind of did his snap. As, as you were just calling it there, there was another, I'm trying to find the exact word because I don't want to get the, I, I want to quote it right, just like I did with the Kate and Massacre. Um, there, okay, let me, let me, let me reverse just a little bit before I get to what I'm saying because this all leads up to part of the same thing. So when you go far enough back, pre- Chancellor Adolf Hitler, Germany had a massive human trafficking, child sex ring problem. And sound familiar? And, uh, yes, you know, and there were modern times and the Frankest. Uh, yes, and so oh, there we're gonna get to the Frankest. Uh, I just put a link about that. The evolution of what's happening right now. And and so when he first took to power and before he realized what he was doing, this is this is kind of what realized helped him realize what he was doing. You can look up the Havara agreement. Does anybody know what the Havara agreement is? Vaguely, uh, because I definitely came across it in my studies. Okay, but the Havara agreement I have I have to again please know that I did not kill myself. The Havara <laughs> agreement it you know is agreement between Nazi Germany and the Zionist of Germany signed on August 25th 1933 that was let me get the exact quote. <clears throat> so in 1933 through 1939, they signed off on the migration of over 60,000 people to Palestine. And this was a deal with Nazi Germany and the a group that is considered, even by looking right here, the it says Zionist Federation of Germany. Which there's even connections of the Frankist movement finding its way into the elders of Zion. Yes, there is. And so the rabbit like the, hole deepens too far. People, people, people <laughs> don't people don't I don't think a lot of people realize where things were before World War II like 
kicked off the way that it did you know we made a little mention of it there Luis, when we've been talking about kind of the kind of our special series that's been going on with operation paperclip and stuff you guys have been checking out paradise ranch we're going to do the third and final part today uh this this coming this coming weekend so you guys look forward to that and um but anyway like there was there was a lot of things where there was a lot of american support a lot of high ups a lot of powerful people like Henry Ford and Walt Disney and other people that actually were doing things with Germany prior to the snap as I mean, I, I guess is what we could refer to it as prior to dude kind of going off his friggin' rocker. And even though it's a terrible thing and I'm not, I, I I implore people to read. You need to read things of all kinds, even if you don't agree with them. And if you can ever find that certain book by that man with that funny little mustache that he wrote while he was in prison, yes, it's the manifesto of ramblings of a crazy man. But there are some interesting things in there that put history into a different perspective. Kind of like some of the things I've mentioned tonight that I do implore you to go look up, but please look them up on your own time. And Jim Bob Ovalshorts did not kill himself. <laughs> and I mean, none it, of us book condone. That, I'm sure we can all agree yeah. that none of us condone the with the innocent book. murder yes, or, or the no. innocent murders of women and children no. that had this was this was all someone who was extremely fixated on knowing that these Frankists exist and took it way too far. Like we, we, we can now see evidence of what drove him to get to this point, but unfortunately innocent lives were lost. So obviously again, clarification right. for the viewers, none, right. of, none of us condone that, but right. it's like, but that, that quote that he said, it's starting to kind of make sense. Okay, the last thing on this subject I'm going to say that would probably just piss everybody off, and you can actually quote me on this and look it up just because I think it involves this rabbit hole. Most of Anne Frank's diary was written by her father. He was sued for it by a movie producer, in the, and the movie producer won because he stole some of it from his father, or from that man, because he worked for and him. And what was, what was her last name? Frank. Anne Frank. Everyone and the rabbit hole deepens. Oh, you're saying part of those writings were not of the They've era. proved that part of those writings were not hers because they were written in ballpoint pen after nineteen after she died. Well, because and of, one more time, what's her last name? Did not exist. Frank. What's his last name? When you start digging into this thing, you want to know how much that no, no, name no, no, no. pops up? Jacob, Do you want Jacob Jacob Frank? Do you want to know how much that name pops up when you start digging into this rabbit hole that I'm discussing this evening? That, pop up the li the link I just sent you. That, this is all that, related. That name, that that Frank name, is is really common and interesting to see that it keeps popping up. And I'm glad that you've seen it in a bunch of other things too, there, my friend, because it does change some perspectives. I don't know. This even ties into everything okay so back when back when jacob frank was running this cult and this was around the year that we all know as americans 1776 but as conspiracy theorists 
We know that that's the same year that the Illuminati was established. Guess so. We Adam Weishaupt is the renowned starter of the Illuminati, the Bavarian Illuminati in Bavaria, <laughs> ironically. Correct. Guess who else? Guess who else is a co-founder that is never mentioned that happened to be a co-founder of the Illuminati. Does the last name begin with Frank? <laughs> yep. <laughs> last name sounds like Frank first. Sounds like Jacob. And this is where it gets really messed up. So his whole doctrine is he is this reincarnated Messiah that's finishing and expanding the works of Sabotage Zevi and doing it like the sex orgies and everything that they were doing, all kinds of crazy stuff. So he had a daughter whose name was Eve Frank. Now, remember about the 613 laws that I mentioned in Torah, one of them being uh, do not basically pimp out your daughter. Yes. <clears throat> His daughter at the time was about 15 years old when he first met Adam Wattop. They had a love affair. What's Adam's? What's Adam? Well, okay. What's Adam's name? Adam and... What's his daughter's Eve. name? Eve. He was trying to recreate a bloodline of a like a false messiah bloodline yes. by pimping out his underage daughter to the man who co-created the Illuminati. <laughs> like there's this there the information is out there when you start digging into this and you start like looking up some of those names i mentioned earlier and some of these other things that i'm talking about and even that you've mentioned up there mike like it ties together a lot of interesting things and again again i'm not trying to say anyone was ever in the right or anything for the terrible things that happened i'm not but i'm also starting to question some of the narrative that you are fed right because when the law of inversion is applied, they find when the it law of inversion lie. is applied, like ooh. they find it righteous to lie. So they will lie tooth and nail just because they think it's righteous and it's better for them to lie. Why do you think we have politicians that are lying when the first Supreme Court justice was uh, the claim to be a Jew, but was actually a Frankist. Both of his parents were Frankist. He was the product of a, Sabadian Frankist orgy, just like Mustache Man, he found out that he was a byproduct of a Sabadian Frankist orgy. And so we see evidence of infiltration going into not only religion, but now also politics. Yes. <laughs> American politics. And and so when you when you start seeing when you start finding some of these things and some of these some of this information i can i could get how it sounds what do they call it anti-semitic i can get how some of it might sound that way but you have to and that's the fail safe that's the felt that's why they created it because it's a diversion tactic so that as you hear everyone that is uneducated on the topic goes straight to because they think of the rothschilds yes now here's the here's the interesting thing about the rothschilds that not many people know about they are devout Trinitarian Christians. Yes. And they, they have a manuscript that talks about this that is called the Rothschild's Canicles. And it, it, ironically, it's 
locked away in the uh, Yale library as we speak. And so basically another golden rule of this Frankist ideology is basically influencing lesser esteemed people, uh, non-aristocratic or partially uh, uh, aristocratic people to do the bidding for you so that way your hands are clean. So who has some of the most influence and owns virtually everything? We link this back to the Rothschilds. Sure. Even sure. though they're devout Christians, they are still Sabadian Frankists in the form of their esoteric Christian beliefs and so on and so forth. So they have the manipulation of the the media. This goes into Hollywood. This goes into the entertainment industry. This goes into the health care, uh, just everything that you start to see why the world is starting to be this whole divide and conquer thing that we all know. <clears throat> because if we can get the entire world to basically turn into total debauchery, listen to like influential music that makes people do awful things like, you know, gang violence and stuff that promotes gang violence that has, uh, you know, murders happening constantly, like get the world to create so much sin that no get the world to create hell the, on earth. Exactly. And, and in their mind, their hands are clean in order to get the Messiah, force the Messiah to come. That's what they believe. <clears throat> now, Luis, I want to jump back to what you sent me there a minute ago that I had pulled up there for a moment. Uh, what were you, what were you going to say about it? I know you wanted to say something about well, it. Well, the Frankfurt School and created the foundation of critical race theory that re cre then created uh, critical race theory practice, which created basically the current uh, mess that we have right now uh, that's changing society in the United States, that's pushing ideologies like minor attracted people to be come to acceptance you mean you That's mean wood you mean wood tripper wood chipper attracted people we've had this discussion <laughs> yes wood chipper attracted people um and and you know that this type of mentality that is distorting reality that is making people believe that uh this f push for equality is actually a very racist uh, yes. mindset that's it's mind control it's it it's literally complex mind control and that's because all these elite people understand occultism what does occult mean it just means hidden and it doesn't mean that it's hidden uh, technically it does mean hidden knowledge but it's not like witchcraft and ooga booga like everyone makes it out to be the reason <laughs> why it's called hidden is because it's hidden from all of us it's, it's the true sight exactly it's the truth of what's being hidden from us even on a spiritual level that these people are implementing they're they're they are so as a mystic myself i don't consider myself much of a practitioner per se i do consider myself to be a researcher of anything but basically magic and all this stuff isn't you know waving a wand around and screaming lightning bolt and shooting a lightning bolt out of your fingertip or something right like that's not witchcraft and wizardry uh with like real magic is basically manipulation and uh through influence like so basically words carry power 
words are what cast spells and so on and so forth. So what they're doing is with this combined with this law of inversion and everything else, they're making people, they're molding people to do what they want them to do through mind control. Like that's basically what it is. So these are all tools and implements that can be used for bad when they're hoarding the knowledge, the true wealth that's being hoarded here and kept from the 99% is not monetary value. It is that too. But the main thing, the main thing they treasure most is this occultic knowledge that they have because if we all start learning how to use the same tools, the same spiritual tools that they're using, imagine what the 99% could do using those tools for good against them. Since we're already on a roll this evening, I might as well throw it out. You know who else's story this sounds super similar to? You know, using power and influence to get others to do your bidding? Chuck Manson. <laughs> mm. I mean... And, 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 to, and I mean, have you ever seen some of his interviews and listened to some of the things he actually says? Play something that's of interest. Like so I know he then, sounds like a crazy person, like a lot perfect. of times. Play, play a crazy person, so we start sounding less, more sane, and, and not like them. Because <laughs> <laughs> to some people, we're already sounding cuckoo for cocoa. Oh, I mean, I know I'm probably oh, that, that, all kinds of flack. We're already yeah, starting to sound cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Pe people will think you're crazy until they follow the rabbit trail of Jacob Frank. Jake, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, all this stuff just gets blown wide open. <laughs> I mean, and these are, these are, these are like, even the things that I mentioned this evening, like these are things you can actually go look up, like some of these weird things that you've never probably heard of in history. I will have links. I mean, I'm not scared to share the links. I, I, I want you to educate yourself, but like. I'm looking and I just, you know, I mean, I really, I really recommend, let's see, we'll do this one. It's 19 minutes. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but we'll, we'll share some, we'll share a little bit of it. I'll skip around on it. Oh, and to give some honest unbiasedness, because I'm not trying to divert this onto other organizations, just yes. real quick is that, I will be the first one to admit that they did, that these Frankists did infiltrate into Freemasonry in the, in the East. Not, they never made it over to the West per se, but where they were basically doing all this was in like G German lodges, Fran uh, French lodges, and so on and so forth. And there's always been a lot of issues between those, uh, those, those chartered areas. Cause that's where, uh, a lot of the occultic attraction came from where people that were into like darker types of occultism um, ultimately ended up becoming Freemason, getting that title, but then realizing Freemasonry was kind of mundane. So they'd go off and join other orders, but they have that title attached to them just because they became one. And then that's sure. why Freemasons get blamed for everything. Sure. Sure. That, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, of that, that, that's got your mind locked up. No, I'm so, I don't understand. I'm so afraid, are you so afraid, are you so afraid 
uh, of that that that's got your mind locked up? No, I'm so I don't understand. Go over to the morgue and look at all them dead people. Just explain to me, though. I'm not dumb. Explain to me simply why that house that night. Why they which house? There. Which night? The house on Cello Drive, the the Tate house. Why did they go there that night? Uh, because Tex had been there before, and he went to a familiar place. And why did they kill people that night? What did they think uh, they because, were doing uh, for you? They freaked the out, world? man. They, uh, Tex was stoned. He went, you know, he got, everybody was loaded, man. He said he wasn't. He said he was coming off an LSD trip. He had a little speed. A little speed. He, well, not around me, he didn't have no speed, because I wouldn't allow no speed on that ranch. I'd kick ass over there. He I says don't he allow that stuff on my, around, around me. i take a little grass and a little LSD, but none of that was destructive. Anyway, you can ask any of them other girls that'll tell you that the other side of this game uh, I don't play uh, I don't play drugs I play I play light light you know light dibby dabby chipping but I don't really get down heavy with it um, what did they think they are were we ready here man yeah, we're ready, we're ready, ready. Again. we so, ready here ready. okay ready war what did they war. think they were we are at war now but what did they think they were doing for you they wasn't doing anything for me what did they think they were doing for you okay okay if you were me and I am you everything you do is for you is for me too so what did they oh, think? Oh, if you're in one mind, if I am you and you are me and we are all together, and then who's responsible for a calm together over me right now? Ba da 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 da. It's all his fault. Oh no, no, it's his fault. No, we put another false face on it. It's a Halloween. Yes, the ramblings of a crazy man, like no doubt. But, and I'm not going to put anybody through this, like on the show or whatever. I do, I do. I'll share a couple links. There's a couple Charlie Manson interviews out there, and I really want you to go. Listen to him, like through thoroughly, thoroughly listen through to him. And yes, there's a bunch of crazy ramblings, dude off his rocker. But he also makes a lot of good points in some of these ramblings, which you know, a broken clock's right twice a day. Don't get me wrong. But he makes mention of things that I, you. The reason I thought of him is because of the familiarity you brought up there. Like there's one of this interview in particular that I have when you get a little bit further into it, I think it's, I, I want to say it's like a good 10, 15 minutes in. He's like, he's like, I didn't, I didn't kill these people. There's no blood on my hands, but my influence led to what happened. And like, that's, that's exactly kind of what you're up there talking about. Like these, you've got these politicians and, and, uh, and other stuff going on, you know, and, and technically, their hands are clean because they didn't do anything themselves or you know they weren't directly involved in it but their because they passed did. a message huh their followers did i mean exactly. and they have some form of, and they have some form of immunity around that but right in this case they, that they they knew like no you directed okay. these individuals into those actions bro if you get if you get down into the charlie manson conspiracy stuff like his family's got cia in it and like this dude this dude I was, mean, was he was he part of he was a product uh, of cia mk ultra was, buddy was a part of mk ultra yeah i mean mk ultra truly destroyed so many people's lives i mean uh and there's uh, still people to this day we don't know if they're a part of it because there's look there's the reality they destroyed of MK, the records of mk ultra well not just that but the the reality of mk ultra is there were so many people involved on so many levels i'm talking school teachers professors mailmen theodore kaczynski harvard professor <laughs> you know i'm just saying there's so so many like when you when 
when you go through the people that they do know and they do figure it out, you look at they come from all walks of life and stuff like that, but they'll even tell you that there is probably hundreds, if not thousands of people out there that were directly affected by MK Ultra and there's no proof and nobody knows if they what they are or how to actually even trigger them because the, as you just said, the documents were all destroyed. Like they they knew what they were what? doing. Like they that this is that some of that occult type stuff. And if you get your hands on the natural earth rye bread version of that CIA compound that they make, it's a different than the CIA made compound that was totally made to do some of this MK Ultra mind control, but the one that totally grows naturally from fungicide rye bread is a different entity in itself. It's kind of some of the other things we've talked about before in the past there, Luis, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, look up later if anybody should look up uh, his manifesto, which was Uncle Ted Industrial, Industrial Society and its future predicted our current times in so many ways i mean this is another element of mk ultra as and i can tell you how the upper echelons of you know the the highest uh elite orders basically like how they're able to make these predictions and everything else that, i can tell you what book, mystic practice that they're talks doing about talks about the control of society through technology in the control of the modern man through a small group of individuals that control the technology. So that book predicted much of what we're living in our current reality. So yes, the ramblings of a, essentially a person that wanted to destroy uh, the, in weird ways, destroy the system and, and save humanity from itself. Is, it's a strange situation. It's a strange story. I'm not condoning anything that person did. No. I'm just speaking about what that person wrote and, uh, their warnings are something to read. There's there's plenty of situations just like this they weren't one. Dumb. They weren't in none of those two people were they were geniuses. They were just broken. Well, I mean, well, I mean this go ahead. The secret myst the secret mystical practice that and this stems from Jacob Frank too. So there's a, an ancient practice of Jewish mysticism known as uh, Kabbalah. And uh, basically, it's studies that's based on uh, it's basically oral Torah. And then there was uh, a text that surfaced uh, back in like the Renaissance times, uh, uh, like around basically like the Templars, like around the Templar time. Um, there's a lot of belief and evidence to support this is that they basically there's a lore or a legend that the Templars were able to excavate underneath uh, Temple Mount and they found some stuff. They found a golden plate with the ineffable name of uh, Yahweh, Yote Vafe written on it. And they also found a lot of writings, teachings, which is said to be the Zohar. Now, basically the Frankists were Zoharists, but what they did was they took the Zohar and started inverting it. So they're using this tools like this Jewish mystical tool to use it for bad for the law of inversion. And then within, so basically within the tradition, the Hebrew letters have extreme significance in everything to where literally like 
Torah can be used as a tool for like that. This is where the prophets come into play. This is how the prophets even became prophets because they understood this mystical tradition. They would use Torah to predict events and forecomings. So you have these upper echelons, these elites that are basically honing in and trying to master this mystical practice. And they're able to not only tell the future, but they're also able to manipulate things like like you think the heart machine is crazy imagine if like like i don't know how spiritual religious you guys are but you know these people do believe in this stuff so let's just hypothetically say that this is the case if the heart machine gives any validation we don't have to worry about a heart machine because these people can use other like like lesser deities to manipulate the weather they could ca- they could cause hurricane katrina seven days a week if they wanted to through through the mystical manipulation of things and using it for the the, the wrong thing <laughs> right so absolutely so I mean, that but they're but the, you think about the word uh kabbalah it's sometimes pronounced kabbalah which is originally spelled k-a-b-b-a-l-a-h uh then it was shortened the western esotericism became with a q but before that the renaissance time period it was spelled with a c because it was adopted into uh the christian faith for like christian kabbalah and an attempt to convert uh jewish zoharis mystics uh or the sages and they they were like nah (laughs) but spelled with a c it's spelled c-a-b-a-l a but then it was shortened and now you get into this QAnon stuff and the fall of the cabal because it's a way for them to distract people and demonize the mystical practice of kabbalah and again the whole reason why it's called a cult is because it's hidden from the 99 (laughs) percent. because if we start using using this type of stuff ourselves we outnumber them by a millionfold, and that's what they don't want. They don't want people getting into spirituality. They want to deflect and point fingers other way and say, like, teach people that cabal is bad. It's satanic and all this other. I, I'll tell you right now, like, I've had like I am a religious, spiritual person, and I do identify with with Jesus. I don't really call myself a Christian, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, I just just but I've had some cool experiences just from like personal faith. I haven't had anything this ridiculous since I actually started studying Kabbalah myself. And like, you would think I'm crazy if I told you everything that happened. But one thing that I can definitively say, and this is completely anecdotal. So take it with a grain of salt. I wouldn't think you're crazy, buddy, because I promise there's things I could tell you guys that you would probably think I was crazy, but I think we could have a good conversation about it, to be honest. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, so one of the, one of the things that happened to me is that time literally got manipulated and it wasn't through me. It was like, essentially the apostolic tradition was initiating the apostles into the higher realms of the Pleroma, the, the, the endless light, basically like into the heavens, into, and, and being face to face with, with, uh, you know, the primordial 
creator. And so that's the, the apostolic tradition. So it's essentially like somewhat ancient initiation ceremonies. And one of the things that happened to me is time literally got manipulated where like, basically I was supposed to be on a trip from leaving from work, going to my destination. It was only supposed to take an hour. And I was going to, you know, call my wife once I got there, let her know I got there safe, whatever, whatever. <clears throat> Three hours had gone by somehow. It was a one hour trip. And she's like, babe, why did it take you that long? Where have you been? Where are you now? Blah, blah, blah. Like worried sick. Cause like, it was only supposed to be an hour, but somehow it turned into three wow. and I was only in the car for an hour. I know for a fact I was yeah. at least in my perception, but I saw the clock once I like came to. And when she said that, and I was like, what in the world? But that again, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Hey, You're not the first person that's told me some experience like that or another friend of mine. Believe it or not. Yeah. like that. And he i mean that's actually some people call those potential times they've been abducted but maybe so maybe i, I mean, I mean, I've, I mean I've, I've, I've i've thought you know shit's weird we always okay. weird okay i tell people <laughs> we, right. we've seen the watchers we've seen the movie the watchers i've i tell people <laughs> regularly because i do it's not that i believe this like this is real like i'm I am not from this current timeline and I can almost pinpoint the date that I got here. And since I've been here, I've been intentionally going against the grain extra, extra hard. Like I was always against the grain, but since I showed up in this universe, I've been a lot extra against the grain because I've found success in waking up people somehow. I don't know. Some people say it's my calm natured voice. Some people say it's my, you know antics on here and stuff like that but like i i don't there's been a lot of things like in real life that i have like i don't know i was sitting there one day and there's all of a sudden i was like wait a minute what is this life who am i where is this place and like i started trying to adjust things back to where i thought it was supposed to be at or i knew it was supposed to be at and like it's gotten wild sometimes man like there's I, i'm not from this timeline i love you guys i'm glad that i found you guys but like this wasn't my place to begin with, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I Philip K. Dick, I was just speaking to somebody in, <laughs> where I was last recording. Philip K. Dick spoke about where he got his inspiration for his books, and it was through his dreams. But he dreams were his dreams. No, not just simple lucid dreaming. It, he was living another version of himself, yes. in another reality, in another yes. world. And until I heard that's that what he was talking about which was just recently i've had the exact same experience i have lived in another world Look, in another, man i in another body in another version of me and one of them was super trippy and i remember every part of it because how many how many times have my you father had up? not died and a lot of people were different like it was super freaky i sp had conversations with people that i know in this life and they had a completely separate background everything was still different yes and i remember it i vividly remembered expressing yes. this conversation with them and they were like what look how you want to know a, an interesting perspective on uh on dreams and in connection with a you know divine creator uh with however you identify or lack thereof uh either way is fine with me i'm not one of those judgy types uh and also that's for the viewers as well but for those who do identify with a divine creator is that 
everyone can narrow down to that the divine creator created everything, all things. So it manages all things, right? So, and this isn't some sky daddy personification waving the magical <laughs> wand around in the heavens. You know, this is, this is the driving force behind everything in nature and every aspect of the cosmos, everything working in harmony. So dreams where this comes into play is that you basically are creating a new universe within that dream, whether it be a repeated dream that carries on and living out a whole new life. Uh, but these things are basically also creations from the original creator as we are just a aspect to the divine creator. So this divine creator, every single night, millions and millions of universes are being created by this divine creator and then just completely destroyed all within the same night, all simultaneously. And what's even more crazy to think about is the fact that science tells us too that dreams feels like a, like the movie Inception. It feels like it's like a, a lifetime or uh, multiple days or whatever, but really it's only about 15 minute real time. And so you're packing an entire universe inside of your own head that is then the moment you wake up and you have like amnesia, don't remember anything. You know you had a dream. It was intense but you don't remember it. That's because the universe was basically that was just created within your own mind was also being destroyed. And that's happening with everyone that was having a dream that night too. So how often do you wake up with injuries? Um, nothing, nothing serious, but sometimes I do wake up with like minor scratches. Okay. Okay. Check oh, this. Recently I, I've woked up with weird injuries. I'm like, I don't right. remember hurting. Listen, myself so this morning, I don't the, remember doing that. I, I, I don't remember full details. Like, I don't remember I've got my finger here. I don't have full details, but I got a few bits and pieces, you know, dream that I come out of last night. And I know I was, I seem to be in some form of a battle. And when I woke up this morning, this arm, and it's still to this point of this day, felt like I was swinging a sword like just all you know what i'm saying like you ever you ever have you ever handled a sword either one of you ever handled a sword yeah, okay yeah. Sword, man. it felt like i had been sword fighting and it's it's still tight at this moment and i also remember taking an injury to the lower half of my right leg and when i woke up it felt like somebody had just kicked me in the shin like when i at 5 30 this morning when i sat up to make coffee it was set up going what the frig like and and all day long this shoulder has been really bothering me and I've been, and I've been going back into it and like, uh, bits and pieces, man. Some of this, I was in some kind of ground battle in last night's round of dreaming. And it was enough <laughs> to bring the physical element back with it. I haven't had that many medieval battles. I've had some strange past event dreams but oh man i've had some the wild. weirdest one what the weirdest lifetime was uh a soldier a french soldier in world war ii <laughs> my my weirdest one was like i'd say probably about mid 18th centuries I, uh ironically like best descriptive detail i would compare it to like a sleepy hollow type aesthetic yeah. and the the dream ended up being that i ended up getting beheaded by the headless horseman no. who was also not headless and was a, a like a kid for some now reason if, in the dream. Now, now what if I told you that both of your dreams were 
probably you accessing some form of DNA that has been passed down through your body. And that's a, and that's a, a true thing. and that's a true memory from something. Like there's someone far back in your family, Luis, that was in World War II as a French soldier. And Mike, there's someone back in the 1800s that probably was around or dealing with something that was truly going on with the person that the Headless Horseman is said to be after. And maybe it was a kid. Like, I, what, I mean, I mean the like lineage, these are, we don't know are, much about the lineage of souls and we don't, and, and we call them souls to simplify what we don't understand in relationship yes. to our consciousness and light and the, the thread light. that, that well, and I, we I really are believe. like avatars, like this thing, yes. this, thing in I'm our brain is that antenna i'm a meat mech but yeah you're right we're meat mechs <laughs> <laughs> well and like I, I, i'm a firm believer again complicated christian yeah, if you yeah, will yeah, yeah. uh I, I i'm a firm believer in a form of reincarnation yeah uh, and it, like you like you said these avatars they're just like like even biblically speaking they are described as basically meat suits like it, they're essentially meat suits and Try DMT. The, the DMT elves will also call them something like meat suits. It's like <laughs> yeah. you, 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 you third, fourth dimensional beings are hilarious. You don't understand <laughs> the concept of time, space, and everything else. You're just seeing things in your limited time frame, and that's all you know. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, I, I wholeheartedly, uh, think that it's a thing and it kind of gives justification to past lives with you know other spiritually identifying groups of people that like right. access their past lives i'll tell you my theory um, on it like because i know there's a bunch of different theories that float around out there and i know especially when you start listening to, you know no offense ladies but when you start listening to some of these crystal girls they'll talk about you know breaking family curses and they were in generations of this that and the other and i'm like wait a minute Okay, my perspective. I'm not going to take on, away from people. Try to take away their. I'm not trying to take away. No, 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 no. That's no. important. Listen to to, to discuss okay. generational traumas. Really. You probably are taking away generational traumas, but you weren't in that family last go around. You were somewhere completely different, going through a completely different style of life for different type of lesson. I think, mm -hmm. or I don't think, because I'll just flat out say that in a sense that I know because I feel this. Like this is one of those things that I just. I feel I, it's hard for me to explain and I can't really explain it to you. You're just going to have to figure it out for yourself. But like I, before the last life that this soul being was running that I can recall was not some random white dude with awesome red beard. I was probably on like a complete opposite side of the world different skin tone, different culture, different everything all the way around because I had lessons to learn from that culture. And like, I, I also disagree with it at the end of the day, being back to one single light being that we all are light, lighted up to. I think there's multiple ones. And this is my perspective, but I think there's multiple ones out there. Like, but we do need to come together because those multiple ones do know each other. Like, like they are all part of something else that we're not even that's probably like the fucking ninth dimension that we're not even ready for yet you know what i mean like like we gotta I mean, come some together some physicists believe there's 26 dimensions to reality <laughs> no 26. actually there's 26 there's 
26 positive to 26 negative. I have two lovely spiritual ladies that come on here that say they well, are. Well, I'm talking about in relation to the world of quantum physics, but go on. Yes. Go on. No, 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 no. They, they agree with this too. And they say that they're, man, I have got to introduce you to Kat and Kate because Kat and Kate, and I think you'd like them too, Mike. They are spirit guides as is what they run around saying that they are. And they talk about some shit that will blow your mind and had bandit put on the spot so bad that he was like, what the fuck when he was on here with them, because they were caught, they were talking about things that he's like, how I've never told anybody this. And they're just like, Oh, well, we'll oh, leave it. I, 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 I was once in a bar and this woman uh, started freaking my friend out by telling him, Hey, happy birthday. And he was like, I, I didn't say anything like she started talking about him and he had he was like what the f and then she went to me and said good things to me and all that and then I was like oh you're a witch hilarious I haven't yeah. seen one in so many years right but you know it freaks people out she was also sadly very rude to the bartender at the you time know, but I'm, I'm otherwise she was witch, so. freaking people the fuck out they will too and she was just reading people just reading people left and right it's it really ain't too hard in a sense i guess i don't know it just it, it does take years to get it down like you know i i feel comfortable in like talking about like these kind of things with like you fellows because i feel both of you are at a stage that I don't sound like a crazy dude in a pirate hat just rambling about nonsense. And and because I think you guys, you know, at least from my perspective, I believe both of you have enough life experience to understand some of this stuff because and what makes it great, what makes it great is that I think we're onto something because in our own separate lives, we've come to some of the kind of same conclusions at the end of the day maybe not exactly the same but very similar in an aspect or in route you know what i'm saying like you know we we I, that's something i've learned on this on this kind of journey and doing the things that i do is that everybody has their own interpretation of it and i love that because with your own interpretation of it doing we your own research learning it. your own stuff you you're you're evolving and now that we're at a point like you you know like you two tonight we can talk about this stuff and we can take the notes that we've just gotten from each other and be like hmm i wonder if i can find any similarity you know to this and advance on even further like this is this is why i started this podcast because i wanted to talk <laughs> about really controversial things like we've covered tonight that all kind of connect back to what's really going on in this crazy ass snow globe that we live in. Cause I don't that's, know. What that's the in. thing too, is that as we're us on top all of a turtle, being... come on, <laughs> we're inside of a giant turtle floating through sea space, a giant mech turtle. <clears throat> so like us all being, you know, kind of mutual conspiracy theory, like there's the general, like popular belief of conspiracy theories but it's like real truth seekers will dig even lower they'll take the claim they'll fact check it themselves I, and then come to a different conclusion nine times out of ten right i tell people all the time there is not a conspiracy that i won't look at i mean there's some yeah. absurd nonsense i don't care how absurd it is no, i don't of care course, how of absurd course. it is i want to look and, at it myself and, and you the way the, another way to look at it is 
when it's something that you kind of, in your belief, find truly absurd, then you can ask, why did they reach this conclusion? Yes. Yeah. Or am I the one that's absurd? Are and, they onto something? Well, see, th- there's always a dash of truth within the mountain Nonsense of lies. Or, uh, exactly. Like the yeah, reptilian yeah. thing. I, I think it's the reptilian idea comes more from the idea that we cannot fathom that there are people that evil in this world. And that's why we have the moniker and the idea, oh, the people that rule the world. Well, yeah, every, that sounds like something a reptile would say. <laughs> and tr- well, traditionalists would love to, you know, that they've been properly trained for literally thousands of years to blame an adversary, right? So, like, right. it's ingrained to find some sort of scapegoat um, to put the blame on rather than taking accountability for their own transgressions. And like, but the thing is about these conspiracies is that there's a dash of truth that gets so like lost in the sauce of just dung that you have to sift through to find even just the tiniest bit of truth. But once you find it, you then start to pick up that like things are just being blown way out of proportion, way out of context, or there is a lot of truth to it, but it's like not being told the right way. Like Jacob Frank unlocks so many keys. I've got mysteries that I figured out recently about the Georgia Guidestones that is completely against the popular narrative. It has nothing to do with what everyone, and plus the controversy of them being exploded. uh, Some people think they were related to the Rosicrucians in relationship to who built it. I don't know if I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. The Rosicrucians. Yeah, they wanted it. The, okay, so let me tell you. Now, now we're getting into the Georgia Godsons. All right, let me give you the sauce. So the guy went under the pseudonym of R.C. Christian, yeah. right? That's where they get the idea of Rosicrucianism. So the people that were basically hired or commissioned to do the job happened to be uh, Mason, like Georgia Masons. And that's why everyone thinks that Freemasons had something to do with it and that it ultimately has something to do with uh, population because of that first guideline. <laughs> um, it talks about the 500 million. Population so, bomb. It was also the population bomb was very popular before this. The Guidestones were built. So and yeah. that has affected even modern day culture. And it's also founded on eugenic, the eugenics movement that was started here. But and the Nazis made it worse. And then we continued it further on with people like. But well, this is what happens when people don't study into the occult. Yep. The popular narrative gets blown out of proportion. If you go back and read that first one, we can pull it up right now. Uh, so that way we're not paraphrasing uh if you get if you get oh, the, the chance li- yeah the lines of the georgia guidestones let me see or maybe yeah Bob. now if you read it read it with this lens when does it specifically mention anything about population because it never actually does what the stone we just yeah it doesn't specifically say population i'm about to give you the the real lens since we have this rosicrucian connection all right all right. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Guide reproductive wise, guide reproduction wise, fit, fitness the, and diversity. That's eugenics right there. That's though. eugenics. But, that's but everything else seems very universal with nature and very like calming and stuff. Right. But that first one really gets people like under their skin. 
Yes. But it says un- keep population under 500 million. What does 500 million imply? People say populate. But if, if we apply Rosicrucian logic, Rosicrucianism is a special form of spirituality uh, within the order of the Rosicrucians. There's, I have a Rosicrucian text right here. Oh. Uh, let me look up the title. And I can even show you the page. Um, so basically, that number 500 million, all, all the like, like Renaissance alchemists and stuff like that, which uh, Isaac Newton was a, uh, was a illegal alchemist himself. It was yes, completely was. outlawed. And he was, yeah, he was secretly being, uh, you know, being an alchemist. And I don't mean like just trying to like turn lead into gold for selfish reasons. Like this was all about leading he, he up worked to with spe- gold. He worked with the mint. <laughs> He was, uh, yeah, he, like, he, he worked to uh, find counterfeiters. Yep. That was his yes. job. Well, well, but what he was really doing based on his uh, personal journals that never really got published oh, yeah. is that basically it, it all alludes to spiritual in light. Because if you can take an organic substance, which is an element of lesser metal, and turn it into gold and to a more pure form, it's these are organic things that is made by the earth. So people that have this like more intellectual approach in the age of enlightenment or the Renaissance time constantly trying to seek a deeper understanding and relationship with God. They applied this logic to the spirit. So if we can do this with taking herbs and spices and turning them into medicine, like good medicine, uh, and we can turn like, obviously no one was able successful in turning anything to gold, but but, (laughs) yeah, but we take that same logic and apply it to us as organic created creatures that both science and religion can believe that we came from the earth. Right. So we are these, this organic creation and that we can take a soul of lesser substance and purify it into a soul of gold. So that was the whole purpose. These were experiments to take that same logic and apply it to the spirit. So let me find the name of this text and let's get back to the 500 million thing real quick. Um, Cause this actually like, you know, it's like basically a sundial and it has like the hole set up perfectly to line up where the sun like was yes. shining through. So there's a, a lot of stuff to do with all of that. Now where's my files. Um, By the way, I'm the name of the book, send you a link oh, of how to turn mercury into gold. I mean, there's more to it, but it's just not economically expensive at the current price of gold. But you can turn mercury into gold. Fun fact. <laughs> we figured out how to do it. Also, gold is not of Earth. Gold is was not naturally formed on Earth. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Oh, and also the Earth's water is actually older than our sun. <laughs> which is super interesting um okay i think i actually have it on the files there's, on my there's phone also more okay water okay. underneath the earth than above the the, the, the the mantle there's more underneath the mantle than above the mantle all right what is oh yeah this? yeah what's the book okay so I, I i have it on the files on my phone i can't remember the title of it off the top of my head but basically so like if anyone were to study uh, the Rosicrucians, they understood 
alchemy and this, these different spiritual sciences. And they would argue with like Sir Isaac Newton was arguing with popular science that was trying to disprove God. And he was using science to prove like basically like the God of Spinoza type of thing. And so uh, they were specifically doubting what modern science at the time was saying about the distance of the sun. <clears throat> but in this Rosicrucian teaching, it specifically in this book talks about the sun actually being 500 million miles uh, away in a sense. But the sun produces life and light to plants and nature and everything else. And like I said, if you go through the, the rest of the guide guidelines on the Godstones, you see that it starts talking about sustaining life and so on and so forth. So it's basically talking about uh, a connection with this distance from the sun that's bringing life to earth to maintain underneath the sun. So maintaining under 500 million is alluding to the distance between what sustains life on the planet. And then that ties into Bill Gates and his whole rhetoric about blocking out the sun and all this other stuff. Like, it's like, oh, oh no. yeah, this that that I I'll, I'm gonna look up the Swedish cover the Swedish uh, space the space agency said no to his plan and and stopped his project. They were gonna launch a test. Yeah, yeah, like he's Bill Gates is a total weirdo, and he's on he's on the bad side. So the Rosicrucians, though, if this is tied to Rosicrucian, but this is where it actually gets interesting because it's. This is kind of back to the clandestine thing. This exists even within other organizations. So R.C. Christian came out and it ended up being this guy, Robert Kirsten is his real name. And this was all published in a book and everything. This was actually exposed like two years ago. It just kind of flew under the radar for us conspiracy theorists. I felt, I felt embarrassed to know that this was all, you know, the guy literally published it saying, this is my real name, Robert Kirsten and blah, blah, blah. But supposedly this guy died in 2005. But um, my buddy on TikTok, uh, Museum of Tarot, he's the one that brought all this stuff to light. He oh, told everyone about the book. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a mutual of mine. And we like, I literally like text them right after and was like, dude, I've got so much to tell you about this, this uh, Godstone stuff, like blah, blah, blah. You should totally and, bring uh, him on with you next time. <clears throat> oh, uh, and- he, I, I would love to, but he's a super busy guy. Uh, I'm going to build one of his devices, actually. I have all the gear necessary. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So so basically, uh, they, the, the, there's interviews with the Masons that were hired to do this. They were just like, this was a very expensive job. We didn't know the guy. He introduced himself as like a Jesuit and under the pseudonym of R.C. Christian. But we just took the job. Half, like mo- only one of the guys met the guy no one else met him so it wasn't like some freemason plan just because they got commissioned for a job i mean we're talking a hundred and fifty thousand dollar commission back in the uh 80s that was so, it that's how it, what it cost to build that 150k well 150k for, in, in 1980s is like almost 300,000 today but still yeah exactly exactly so like it that you know th- these weren't just like elite Freemasons, like these were just like backwood southern gentlemen you know scottish right members and uh long long story yeah well so long story short uh the way it seems to me is that it was penned to make them look bad but then there was also a letter that was uh that museum of tarot 
provided that basically saying those who uh, figured out this, the mysteries of the Guidestones call this number if you understand blah, blah, blah. So I did some PI work and I ran and traced the number back to what was the Atlanta Rosicrucian Society. <clears throat> but I did more research on them to find out that they were actually uh, Amorc Rosicrucian, which Amorc is the basically clandestine or fake version of the real Rosicrucian order. And the reason being is because Amorc only ties lineage back to early 1900s, like 1905, 1906. Uh, the founder, ironically, uh, basically was became friends with Aleister Crowley, who then, Cro like Crowley was known for basically like order jumping, like jumping from like secret society to secret society, basically, because he was an absolute, like, he was all over the place. He's even tied into Jacob Frank. I'll get into that in a second. <clears throat> but basically, Aleister Crowley implemented his teachings into Amork, and they're just not the, the authentic thing at all. So then it's now an attempt to make the Rosicrucians look bad, as well as make Freemasons look bad, when really, I saw the guy's obituary, and it said 2005, that he died uh, around 85 years old and that his burial service was at this specific uh, Catholic church that he was a devout member of it, like majority of his life. So does RC Christian really stand for Rosicrucian Christian, or does it actually stand for Roman Catholic Christian as his pseudonym? So I looked into his involvement in the church. He was very involved. He also graduated from Notre Dame, which is a Jesuit ran school college school so i looked up the archives and i did a background check on robert kirsten couldn't find anything uh, or no 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 so it's not that his name was robert kirsten. it was something else kirsten but when he was in notre dame he was a renowned student because they still have archived newsletters of him for basically being like the self-appointed class president type thing or something like that it's it's somewhere on the notre dame archives it was Something spe he was popular enough to be archived in the Notre Dame records um, for this, but he was going under a completely different name. <laughs> completely different name. So I didn't find anything on the original name from the obituary when I did the background check on it. But what I did find whenever I ran the, the other name that he was going by, which now we're on the third name, by the way, R.C. Christian, uh, the obituary name, and then now his Notre Dame name. I run the Notre Dame name, 17 total aliases pop up, potential aliases pop up, and was, basically- Did this feel like whack-a-mole at some point? <laughs> it, no, literally, this is the craziest rabbit hole I've ever gone down. And I have all the receipts for it, by the way. <clears throat> so I start clicking on the pseudonyms, and he's not dead. He's very much not dead. And Old it took he, me, uh, it said that he was 85 in 2005. He changed his name but, again. Yeah, he, cha he changed his name again and all this other stuff. But the name that is attached to these pseudonyms that is, it's 100% verified like uh, background check 
stuff. Anyone can use this stuff, by the way. Like I don't have special access. I just utilize what's on the internet. <clears throat> so running running his name, tying it to his, you know, his ad his previous addresses, his previous phone numbers, all that stuff linked. So so obviously he's involved in the Roman Catholic Church very heavily, which is which we know hates Freemasons. And then Rosicrucians are basically like the authentic one. It's not that it's a Masonic order, but like there's a lot of Freemasons who became Rosicrucians and all, all Rosicrucianism is, is esoteric Christianity and Freemasonry is just secular that just, you know, started off as a Christian uh, for, uh, order for Christians. So then you got the Roman Catholic church involved, but he, the name, you know, the Roman Catholic church. Going, that's always kind of um, aligned themselves with who's ever in power. <laughs> yeah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> And so basically down, I don't know, searching for hours through these pseudonyms and where the most current situation of this person is, this mysterious person, I come across, which that's the name Robert Kirsten, that I found in the most recent and current address. And it's in San Francisco. And I found who he was as a... uh, University of California, San Francisco, um, plastic surgery professor. And he's all over the thing. And like, I, I pulled up the picture of him and I'm like, okay, this guy is a plastic surgeon professor that looks like he's clearly had plastic surgery done and he looks way older than he actually is. <laughs> and it's literally the same guy under the same pseudonym that supposedly died in 2005 that also admittedly built the Georgia Guidestones. <clears throat> and, but the other weird part about it is that the address that it was linked to is also currently like in the name of like some Chinese woman. <laughs> so it's like, hmm. that I basically got, I got stonewalled at that point. I'm like, Oh, wait, what the well, heck? I, I can help you with that part. I mean, in relation to finding the owner of a property. <laughs> <that's> a, <laughs> so I can help you well, with that because that. that's a little harder, but there's ways to find out who the heck the, like more information on that. Well, yeah, it, but it had, like, I looked at the, the residents of the time period that his name was attached to this residence and the other residents that were there. And there's multiple, like, like Chinese names that were attached to this residence in the same time period that he was living in this residence this this mysterious character and it's just like so now we see rcc rome and some sort of mysterious guy that just has like odd situations of like these different chinese names that are also at the same exact address that he's linked to and it's like what in the world who is this guy what what is he's supposed to be very old if he died at 85 supposedly and then Currently, uh, what, 15, 17, 17 years later, you know, 17 plus 85, like this guy's clearly supposed to be over 100 years old, yet he looks about mid-50s, maybe 60. Did he find a secret to eternal youth, indirectly? <laughs> that, that's, that's, that, I don't know. 
Like he, he's he was a great plastic into, surgeon teacher. The plastic surgeon that's also that's also tied to uh tied to like fake Crowleyan Rosicrucianism, which that was all about magic and stuff. And then you've got ties to the uh Roman Catholic Church, uh who's and Notre Dame, which is also tied to Jesuits, uh, which is Roman Catholic Church. Uh it's like, who is this guy? And did he kind of like it? Remind it reminds me a lot of Saint Germain, which Saint Germain is no way, shape, or form this individual because Saint Germain would have nothing to do with the Roman Catholic Church. He was kind of the apex of the Age of Enlightenment, right? Like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Saint Germain. I, I am actually. I actually did. Uh, I, I did. I did a uh, podcast about him not that long ago. Oh, nice, nice. I'm a huge fan of the Saint Germain uh, legend. Um, I, I would even go as far as to call myself a believer, and even beyond, because that rabbit hole is extremely fun to go down. Oh, dude, one yeah. source. If, if one you, one if, source if, for that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, if you know, if you get a chance, you're looking for something to do. I did uh, over there on my other channel that I that I do shows on. The Red Pill Project makes you think, which uh, we're on a little bit of a hiatus due to some technical difficulties that are out of my hands. Uh, but the uh, the show's called Makes You Think, and we did a, an entire episode about St. Germain because I brought it up to the host over there, Vince, and I was like... I was like, this is this is something you're gonna like fall in love with. And we actually in the process of that we found a book and um we both got it in PDF form. We've been trying to work on it a little bit. I'm I'm behind on that one because I've been interested in is a couple of other ones. Is that the book you you were talking about literally the other day that had all that stuff? That's that's the book? No, mm -hmm. another book. Okay. No, listen, I've got I've got like eight different books going on right now because I've got like eight different books going on right now. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've got at least a dozen uh, that I'm in the middle. And don't this even get me started on PDFs. I, I was saying that the, the Japanese, the the history of how Japan did have a nuclear bomb. All right. Well, uh, one one book I'm gonna, which like I'm sure you guys are already familiar with. Uh, I'm gonna flip the camera real quick. So <clears throat> this is like it's a. Uh, Manly P. Hall's basically like it's a lot of that's uh, a lot of things. Yeah, so Masonic, Hermetic, uh, Kabbalistic, and Rosicrucian symbolic philosophy by Manly P. Hall, also known as the Secret Teachings of All Ages. So this is the apex of his research, and Manly P. Hall literally published like I don't even know how this man published as many books as he did, and how he was was such a good researcher. He had, and we probably was, had help, and that's how he can publish so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, 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 definitely, authors, he definitely had, had help. He had a lot of helpers. That's how they get it done. <laughs> but the interesting thing about this book is when you open it up, and again, this is this is his, his like magnum opus. This is his prize and life's work that he put into it. So you would think that in, at the introduction page, where it mentions his name for the first time that it would kind of show or showcase him, right? Before he even mentions his name on the very next page, we see this man, which is 
I don't know if you can see it, but that's him. The Count Saint Germain. That's the, the Count, Count Saint Germain. Yeah. Yeah. So Manly P. Hall clearly gives this individual some form of uh, admiration. Now, here's what makes it even more interesting. Not only does he mention him quite often in this book, but right before the conclusion. Man, this book looks so cool. Oh, God, I want this book. Such an Oh, it's, it's incredible. Okay, so here is the page. Julie is an encyclopedia. Of, Do you not know how to yeah. look up any book in existence? Oh, yeah, you can get a PDF for just about anything. Nope. That, that's how I got the, the roster. I was screenshotting. I'm like, I'm going to look up this exact same book right now. Like I, I, I oh, do, yeah, yeah. I, I do that. I do that a lot. Like I, because, because it is available out there and, you know, I believe knowledge is knowledge should be free if you can get your hands on it. And like, I've found plenty of books myself by just typing in the title of the book and PDF doc at the end of it. And voila, somebody has it out there. Oh yeah. And this is all over too. Uh, so you can definitely get your hands on this. Uh, and even if you want a, a tangible one, like th this one's a bit lofty. Like it's, uh, I, I like getting older Fan books Fancy and first, first editions. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for personal collections. So this isn't necessary, but you can get it on Amazon for like literally $17. If you want a tangible, like, you know, uh, paperback has all the same stuff. Nothing's changed whatsoever. So this is the conclusion uh, of everything. But before the conclusion, the very last thing that he spends talking about is the count the count so the beginning of the book and technically the end of the book he's got all this research and this isn't even oh, a, and throughout the whole book all this research on the count all this research on the count right and then even on the back side of the page all this about the count so this man spent his entire life and he wasn't he he wasn't a charlatan he wasn't a troublemaker he wasn't even like like considered aristocratic in his time period he was just a researcher who researched everything and devoted his entire life to research and now there is the manly p hall research uh uh society out in los angeles county um to carry on the research and keep all of his publishings and so on and so forth this man the amount of research that he did makes David Icke look like a kindergartner, right? right? But he started his magnum opus apex writings, started it off with Count St. Germain, ends it with St. Germain. He wouldn't just talk about St. Germain if there wasn't some sort of significance to it in his, uh, his opinion. So the rabbit hole of St. Germain is absolutely fascinating especially putting it into that perspective of knowing manly p hall spent his entire life doing nothing but research yeah and was a fact was a fact-based researcher but then talks about this supposed immortal man of mystery yes <laughs> are you absolutely are you the count mike me are you the count i'm put you i wish <laughs> You're hiding, uh, you're hiding say, behind your 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 skin art. You're hiding. <laughs> you had to change it up this go around, huh? Make sure nobody could find yeah, you. Yeah, I got you, bud. Yeah, I, 
I re reincarnated as a total. Well, no, I mean, that's, that's actually one of the things <laughs> that, you know, I pointed out in, in our episode about it and stuff is that every encounter with him is because in a, in a life, you know, like each generational lifetime or whatever, he makes himself known to like one person. Like he, he befriends them and, you know, and stuff like that. And like that one person learns of his secret before they, before they die because he doesn't like it, yeah. it it's it's wild like that's a it's a really deep subject like i, I oh this uh, this is the, yeah this is the guy that we're talking about that's been immortal oh that's right There's yeah the immortal the immortals yeah. yeah now based on the research that i've done the guy that i was talking about tied to the guidestones ha has nothing to do with uh saint germain because this is a charlatan doing whatever he's doing and i still just got stonewalled and couldn't figure out anything else about this other mysterious guy but where it ties in is that again we can see where there could be potential to make the rosicrucians look bad but here's the kicker one of the supposed uh incarnations or like periods of saint germain that he was identified with was christian rosencruz which is the guy who originally started the rosicrucians so to me it's like saint germain let's let's just hypothetically say this is absolute truth and it's it, it's made fact is that one of steve uh, or one of christian rosencruz's uh uh whatchamacallit um which Again, the name R.C. Christian. Christian Basically, Rosenfruit. you're saying that later it was him having something to one of his incarnations, maybe having something to do with the creation of the Guidestones. No, I'm saying that they're distinguished. That this guy is trying to make Saint Germain and Rosicrucianism look bad, but Christian Rosencruz, quote unquote, also said, "Christ means everything to me." This man absolutely adored Christ. Yeah. Right. And then goes on to create the mystic order of the Rosicrucian like society, basically. Uh, so that that's all Rosicrucianism really is. If you really research and study their stuff, it's just really in-depth esoteric Christianity. And again, if this guy's real, there's I mean, there, there's stuff that was saying that he was the guy that encouraged Christ to carry the cross, like keep carrying the cross. Uh, there's uh possibilities of him being the mysterious character in the bible known as joseph joseph of arimathea <clears throat> there's uh even talks about him basically being one of the watchers that fell in the book of enoch and then once fought like it, have you seen the movie noah from 2014 no i have not saw snippets okay it was it was that was the that was the one that was the famous actor was hired for it and it was a flop uh the guy which i don't know why it was a flop i don't know why it was a flop because it was an absolute banger like it's just it makes the noah story into like this just absolute epic like i mean the noah story is is based off the 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 potential comet asteroid impact that happened 13,000 years ago that flooded the earth with the ending the ice age abruptly. So there's definitely so much to it that that's why the world created so many flood stories. Well, there's, there's yeah. also similar stories that go back in like Egyptian stuff too. 
Well, the Egyptians were talking about the same story. Everybody talks about the same story, just different variations of it, because the entire world flooded when all the ice that was part of the Ice Age, that's why we, it was abruptly ended. And yeah, there's a, there's a lot of to that. And, but we existed likely, and we had a globally connected civilization before that. But now it's coming to fruition and to the realization that the idea Mesopotamia was the first city was really stupid. <laughs> really stupid. It's a very sense. Uh... Well, even talking about like ancient mystical uh, legends, if you will, like Manly P. Hall wrote extensively on Atlantis and very distinct detail. Uh, it's also said that he was based that the the count and at one point was also one of like the emperors of Atlantis and then came out of Atlantis and then moved on out through like everything else in the timeline of, of everything. And, but the, the, the thing is the watchers in Noah, it goes into like, it gives a really good depiction of the book of Enoch. It combines uh, Genesis with the book of Enoch included. And the watchers basically fall to earth. And uh, there are these light beings that crash into like the dirt and then they come out as these like giant rock monsters in, in the movie. Uh, so it's really epic looking and they give a description of like what they're, why they ended up being stuck here. Now, if you think about the, him supposedly part of the legend being uh, one of the watchers known as uh, Azazel, and Azazel <coughs> and which they're mentioned in Noah too, when this light being crashed into earth, the biblical story, the biblical lore and even evolution and science would agree with this is that when man mixed with dirt basically became the man, then you think that it could be this fallen angel that is basically uh, stuck here because that's what happened in the movie is in, in the book of Enoch, they got stuck here because they combined with earth. And so then you've got this guy who's supposedly immortal that's connected to the, one of the watchers. And, uh, but ultimately they still like, again, in the movie, they still ultimately serve the Lord, like with every bit of passion, even though they're stuck here and even though they were trying to help humanity and everything. So that's kind of the gist of what the legend of St. Germain is, is that if he is this primordial light being that crashed into earth, but then took human form because he went outside of his dimension into our dimension and then became this immortal being <laughs> that was popping up all throughout history, including modern times. Uh, Mount Shasta is one of the most recent multiple sighting uh, places where, where basically the Count St. Germain would show up to uh, the people that started the I am society <laughs> um, that's right outside of Mount Shasta. Uh, but he would appear to him in like I, when people would go on the mountain. I've actually got a uh, a guy that I've mm. had on the show a couple times. That's kind of um, I, I guess he's kind of a big in the conspiracy world in the esoteric world. Brad Olson, he uh, he's up there. He was doing going up to Mount Shasta to do some kind of thing. And with the last I talked to him, I'm supposed to have him on again here soon, close to Halloween. To catch up to see what he's seen while he was up there we actually he actually made mention of that too about the recent germain sighting there and stuff that's I, I, this is the this is like the fourth time that's been brought up 
to there's me. There's a there's a show on Netflix that I think mentions that exact same place too that I watched and I was like, what is this? The, oh yeah, the, Mount Shasta's wild, bro. The the oh Midnight Mass. Look up Midnight Mass. It's right. like nothing you will expect, and it it and it mentions that interesting space in Israel, um, and an immortal being. Um, and immortality and <clears throat> eternal youth. It's all connected to everything you just said. Midnight Mass. The show is like nothing you'll expect, and then it gets really weird, and then it gets wacky, and it's it's yeah, something they, to well, watch. Midnight the Mass. They they love to put these little pieces of truth to make it, but it seems outlandish, and it's for people like anyone who's into esoterics or occultism studying it or practitioners. I, again, I'm a researcher, not much of a practitioner, but you, you kind of start to see like even, uh, uh, Blavatsky, like there's photos of her and she wrote about the count extensively. She's a researcher herself. And she basically has a picture with someone that she claims to be the cat. (laughs) And so, Basically, well, okay, so you got the, the Theosophical Society, which was Blavatsky's order, and then you've got all these other orders that are basically you've got your good guys, your bad guys, right? And these other like high ranking, whatever secret societies that people try to blame, just narrow it down to Freemasons and blame Freemasons for everything. I can confirm that is not the case, but <clears throat> what I can say is that I wholeheartedly believe in this legend um, of St. Germain and the testimonies of the couple that started the I Am Society on, uh, near Mount Shasta. They witnessed him on Mount Shasta. Uh, there's basically a type of like Bohemian Grove type meeting that happens with all of these like esoteric orders that are like on the good guy side <laughs> that meets at Mount Shasta like annually pretty much and supposedly this uh meeting had just happened i won't say like who like brought me up to speed on this but i can say that they're involved with you know like certain esoteric societies and stuff and that he had basically gotten a personal invite and then extended the personal invite to me i wasn't able to make it he actually wasn't even able to make it because it just happened just a couple weeks ago. And the reason he couldn't make it was because he didn't know that he was flying into uh, like my home city, Charlotte. He was going on a, he had to make a flight out to Charlotte. And I'm like, dude, I like Charlotte's my home. I work in Charlotte still. Like I don't live there currently, but like, it was just very odd because me and him have been like really close, but he didn't even know that we were going to be that close. So we actually got to meet and everything and in person as well. And the only reason that I take anything that my buddy says to heart, again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give any names, but are you guys familiar with Cicada 3301? Mm-hmm. The 4chan puzzle? That, that was the NSA, the NSA cryptographic puzzle. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> there was multiple puzzles that was uh, brought out, and then there was the uh, Lever Primus is the most recent, which the Lever Primus to this day still hasn't been solved. No one solved it. So I didn't even well, know some about. Some people are saying with some of these, they are solved. 
It's just they're not published. Because when you solve, uh, like, I guess when you solve it, you contact the whoever created it. Like, that, that's one of the theories. Of well, the so 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 that, that's what the first cases. Yeah, that that's what the first few uh, puzzles that 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 ended up being the case. Um, but the the Liber Primus, uh, the the manuscripts available online, and the ones that have been decoded, the pages that have been decoded are, are, but then the ones that haven't yet are still up, and people are literally like still to this day dedicating their lives to it. It's crazy to think, like when you see at least when it comes to Cicada, and when it comes to oh, they had to take the image, and then they had to push it to this filter, and then through this filter, and then they had to invert it. Um, the level of creativity, the individuals that decipher just Takeda is magical, and people well, you know, don't believe you know, like this is part oh, yeah, of human yeah. nature. Like this it's, is the power well, it's, thing it's, about humans. And this is what's even more plot twisty and genius about it is that you notice how a lot of these people that were following it on a digital, uh, digital warrior type of when it was so, happening like, live, cryptic. When it was yeah, yeah, like there were the signs stuff. in real life because they were actual QR codes in real life in different locations. Yes, the world <clears> the time. yes, yes. So the second puzzle, I, I believe, it was the second, but it was the one that had the white background and the the red and white runes with the cicada logo in the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, the, basically, it was a detour, uh, getting people to go down this cryptic route of as far as like digital. Uh, digital search if you will every single time that they would get closer and closer they would just hit a dead end and so on and so forth so all of it was basically a decoy because what it's supposed to do is the second or that 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 particular puzzle was the one that intrigued me uh even though like supposedly it already been solved whatever whatever <clears throat> basically um i i'd already knew this uh buddy of mine and uh but then i was introduced to the cicada 3301 rabbit hole and i went down that rabbit hole but i did it from the perspective of me being a scottish rite mason uh which definitely helps in this situation and it's not that it's like secret knowledge or whatever it's just you know there's certain things that someone who only knows how to like hack or read code or whatever they don't know anything about Kabbalah or symbolism or whatever on a, like they're looking Unless at it from a you? literal. <laughs> so I went down the rabbit hole and basically I'm like, people have been trying to solve that puzzle. Thousands of people all over the world trying to solve that puzzle for close to, well, it originally came out in 2012, but that puzzle came out in like 2014. So it's six years that people have been trying to solve it. And, uh, I'm not trying to brag, but I cracked the code just through symbolism alone. And then technically, technically got started on the rabbit hole, thought I was done until it took me further. Um, about two hours to get, get it broken. And then it took me about a solid week to finally realize that my buddy is <laughs> the guy. <laughs> the guy the guy that created the whole thing that went to 4chan set it all up and so on and so forth and uh long story short um i was just like totally flabbergasted but when he came into town 
he uh he sh like he showed me the manuscript <clears throat> and uh like when we were facetiming while he was still at home but when he came into town he brought it with him and so i got to hold the only liber primus uh like handmade manuscript in existence that everyone else only has digital uh digital pdf versions of has access to and so i made a video of it on tiktok and like people didn't realize what i had said at the end of the video i talked about cicada in general and then at the very end i posted the picture of my hand holding the manuscript <laughs> telling saying i got to hold the manuscript but it went over people's heads uh yep that's it is that hebrew that you have written below your name Yes. Okay. My, of course, my, ladies and gentlemen, my, my, watching, my knowledge where, of symbols is not terrible. This is where you can find our our awesome buddy here, Mike, and you can follow him over here, and you can also follow his link tree. You you know I'll have him linked in the uh, episode because I like to I like for people to go back and find these folks. If you have questions or you find them interesting or you just want to stalk him and try to troll him, even though he's going to troll you back. You know, this is yeah. Good I'll luck. Make sure you guys can find him. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, that's that's how we do over here. <clears throat> you know, when this is, like, I think. Listen, I think tonight. I think tonight has been like awesome, and I think I'm gonna be in trouble. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch all the platforms and see if I get any if if I get any strikes on any of them for some of the discussion for this evening because it has gotten the way you were talking about it, Mike is the way I look at it. If you take the time to actually dive into some of these outlandish conspiracies, you know what I'm saying? You, or not even conspiracies even, just like just outlandish history and stuff like that, just all over the place, and you start putting things together, you're right. That one little bit of truth that you find through some of the crazy stuff and things like that is another piece to the puzzle. And mm -hmm. that's where you start making all these synchronicities and you start seeing that word that I don't think is a word, which is coincidence. Like, I don't I don't believe in those. Those those aren't true. No. And it's either all connected or it's not. It's either all connected or it's not. And and I'm one of those people that believe it's all connected. And like the crazy, <clears throat> the, the crazy they or whatever it is that's been been ruling the world for quite some time is. I think at this point, honestly, starting to fall apart because so many of us are coming together and putting these pieces together ourselves. And then we're coming back and, you know, now with us over here at Unconstitutional Awakening, we have a place we can come talk about this stuff, you know, freely. Like people don't understand that having these conversations help us add these perspectives together and even unlock puzzles for each other and for ourselves because we may have overlooked something when we were looking at something else. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's always good to have a another set of eyes kind of checking this stuff out. And I, I got a feeling you're totally going to be able to relate that back to even how you even got into like the masonry and stuff. I, I remember you telling me last time and, you know, you guys go over there and check out that first episode with me and Mike, because he, he really did kind of break down some of the Masons aren't bad guys a lot more than he did. Yeah. Do. I mean, if we were responsible for all this stuff, why would I be sitting here outing the real people that are behind every the frankest and like literally risking my life just because these people are willing to do anything 
but I'm not afraid because I wholeheartedly believe in God and I feel that God protects like, you know, God's will be done. And if, if they even get a hold of me, whatever, I, I trust that whatever God's will is, I don't care. And it's not, I just like, I feel safe. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that, uh, I'm gonna have to worry about the Clintons knocking on my door or, anything like that just because all things will come to light and like my main thing is that like freemason freemasonry as a tool is inevitably not evil there's sometimes there was bad eggs over in the east that got in yeah i mean you're gonna find that everywhere and and there they did a good job at trying to paint you guys as the bad guy and I've even ever ever since our first conversation, I'm always telling people the one thing that I like pulled from it the most, which of course I mentioned it earlier, was how the, you know the, <clears throat> you and the vat, you guys in the Vatican had some had some issues in the past and such like that, and that 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 one little keynote themselves I noticed triggers some cognitive dissonance and starts people down a rabbit hole because once you trigger that cognitive dissonance, that's when they want to prove it to themselves to make sure that they were right, and then they start digging. And then they start digging and then they're like, shit, wait a minute. This is all array. And that's really what it's about. Because even as you mentioned, you can you can find this information if you kind of know what you're looking for and you're putting these pieces together. And information is powerful and being able to read this information is even better. Instead of using, you know, the internet to constantly be on like Facebook and YouTube, don't get me wrong. Enjoy our show too. But you could always take the time to read and look up information like i do that a lot like i do a lot of my reading on my phone while i'm hanging out in my truck all day delivering appliances and stuff because i don't i don't tend to drive that often i usually let the other guy drive and that's what i'm doing is over there just trying to take in all these books and this information that i share with other people and other people share with me <clears throat> so yeah like I really and another that. another point Sorry to interject. Uh, You just reminded me of something is that another point that I really like to drive home on people that they don't understand is they think that Freemasonry is so secretive and that this, that and the third, and they love to quote all the stereotypical books. When I bring books into the equation, it totally blows their mind when I'm like, you think Freemasonry is so secretive, yet there's 22,000 plus titles that were all published and printed or, or and publicly printed um for anyone to read that were written by freemasons giving their perspective on freemasonry Correct. and anyone can read these books like there's not if people really want to learn the handshakes and <clears throat> modes of recognition that that bad they could google it and find out i won't confirm or deny because you know i said i wouldn't but But ultimately, if you want to find out what masonry is actually about, all all it takes is a little bit of due diligence and removing the lens of nonsense. Correct. That's and and that's that's with everything. And like every always, if you do your own due diligence, you'll find so much information that you wouldn't believe, you know, and if you're doing a good job of it, you're learning something new every day. And I'm pretty sure Louise can agree with me there. And I know you will, too. And, you know, I, I as normal. Luis, I appreciate you so much for being my my partner in crime this past week on a little extra. We miss you, Bandit. I'll be glad when you you know you're back around too. Luis, that doesn't mean you go anywhere. Until until you tell me to stop, I'm not gonna stop emailing you. I just want you to know. <laughs> and Mike, you're you're definitely welcome back absolutely anytime. Like we have 
all kinds of wild conversations that go all different kinds of directions. And, you know, I think your perspective would be a good one to add into some of these because it's just something that's something most people are scared of. And I, 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 I like showing them that you're not, you're not a big, scary, uh, you know, dude in a robe that's about to like eat a baby or something like y'all. Yeah. Drop and all I want to do, like all, all I want to do is give the people the tools that these elite, uh, types these you know whatever that they're, that they're using against us and to show that there's access to it to be used for good the tool is not evil the the uh second amendment uh utensil yeah, yeah. is oh, yeah. not is not the culprit of a crime it's the operator <clears throat> that's right no so, matter what you're gonna do there's always gonna be evil oh. in the world you know so why not why not have a why not have an equal playing field with the evil of the world? Yeah, again, because imagine if the the 99% had public access to not only the information, but even the tools that's being used against us to be used for the greater good of all of humanity. We, not only will we be able to start establishing a better future for all civilization, will finally be able to live in true unity. But again, I wholeheartedly believe in God and that just God's will is that everything will come to light and people will learn all the truths that they, they ever wanted to know. And I also thoroughly believe that it's going to happen very soon. I do believe the same thing. The yeah, no, man, that was, are coming. That was it's going to be going to get crazier though. Oh yeah! Oh, it's it's, it's gotta get it's gotta get worse. Way Monkey wilder pox. than now. <laughs> Monkeypox. That's oh, a good God. one to end oh, off on. So okay, real quick before we go. Sure. This the, this person that like I'm studying uh, Kabbalah with. So just to give him a bit of credential background, he's my age, thirty, and he's a uh, uh, Kabbalist who is so basically like. Uh, Jewish mysticism, a, a sage, if you will. And in in the Western world, there's that's virtually non-existent. He is also basically the teacher for some of the, I'm not going to name drop him or anything like that, but like some, some of the top rabbis in the world, um, or at least in the country. And he's teaching them the uh, Kabbalistic keys of Torah. And they're like, basically, they, they told him, you realize this information that you have is you're either uh, some sort of like ridiculous super genius or this is like profit level uh, in like understanding of the Kabbalistic teachings. Uh, <clears throat> so he and again, you can use Torah to predict things. And that's what these elites are doing. Going through Torah, which is the first five books of Moses, and using the Hebrew letters to find meanings using numerology and other methods to decode what's going on in script. He basically predicted and found in Torah where, like, monkeypox is the next thing before it became outly the next thing. 
And there's, I just saw a video today that was sent to me. Um, the first case of monkeypox has now hit. Uh, there's uh, a, a girl, a woman uh, that got the case, and she's in America. Uh, and ironically, I want to say she's pretty close to Atlanta. So please be careful. Um, this is a I'm timeline. Not here, Atlanta, so I'm good. This is the timeline. Okay. That's oh yeah, he pulled, yeah. He pulled that up. And I mean, that this me timeline and... is absurd when they keep like the writing and what they write, but it's really crazy that it says May when it all started, and this was written in um, what do you call it? Um, I have the exact date when the simulation that happened in Munich, uh, I already shared it so it can be shared in the show notes. Strengthening global systems to prevent and respond to high-consequence biological threats results from the 2021 tabletop exercise conducted in partnership with the Munich Security Conference. In March 2021, NTI partnered with the Munich Security Conference to conduct a tabletop exercise in reducing the consequences of biological threats. The exercise examined the gaps in the national and international biosecurity pandemic preparedness architectures, exploring the opportunities to improve the prevention and response capabilities of high-consequence biological events. This report summarized the exercise scenarios, key findings, and discussions of actionable requirements for international community. Yeah. And if you look into Jekyll Island, my wife brought me up to speed on this. Uh, I believe it's Jekyll Island. Um, there's an entire island where basically research lab monkeys are like roaming free. It's not Jekyll uh, Island. It's actually to... closer to uh, Je Jekyll Island's a place you can actually. Go or it's in it's in Beaufort, right? No, no, no. It's down. It's down near. It's up further, like from Jekyll Island, closer to the Carolinas. It's it's actually in South Carolina, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Monkey Island, yeah, like that's that's a thing. And there's there's also a Monkey Island in uh, Louisiana, and there's also a Monkey Island uh, down off the coast of like Mexico, California side, where they abandoned monkeys that they used for filming movies back in like yep. the fifties and sixties. And they live and probably there also now, for and if ironically you even try the to go outbreak. up there, you'll get shot by government agents. Uh there is places in Puerto Rico too. Uh that's done the same thing. Well, did you see also in Pennsylvania there was a tr a truck accident? Oh yeah, I remember that. When that oh, remember the woman that was bitten? Everybody yeah. was like, "Okay, monkeypox is hit." This is months ago. Yeah, Everybody yeah. was like, "Well, monkeypox, fuck or yeah. fucked." The monkey yep. and, and no, she this. and she wasn't she wasn't even bitten. She just got close to the cage and, and she got basically scratched. like she got she got something. No, she she literally got from my understanding. She only got close to the cage, and then CDC officials had told her basically because uh, they the driver was trying to persuade that it was uh, a bunch of cats, <laughs> and then she was and then she goes up to the 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 truck to like check in on whatever. And then gets close to the cage and sees that it's actually a bunch of monkeys. And she's like, why is he lying about that? And then she also got contacted by like some CDC type officials that basically said, if you start experiencing any like flu-like symptoms or anything, like, go to the hospital immediately. And she was like, what? Excuse me? And, and then they were telling the whole town because there was two, I believe, that escaped, two or three that, that escaped. 
And they were like telling the public without any context saying, don't go near them. Just don't go near them. Don't engage with them. Like, just don't do it. And, but no explanation up further than that. And they found them and they basically just put them down and then no questions asked. I would like to, I would like to point out that, uh, as of just the other day, they had to, uh, publish that I was right. And all of the stuff is now coming out that the whole scamdemic was just that. (laughs) I mean, did you see the CDC said, oh, by the way, you don't need to quarantine anymore. I I was discussing with somebody that was like, just just bathering me with stupid nonsense. And then at the like the next day, I was like, oh, look, I was right. I just posted the link. I said, have a good day. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I was just telling my friend, you don't need to quarantine, dude. Like, you're fine. You're asymptomatic. Like, they were asymptomatic. And you're fine. You're fine. You have no symptoms. Oh, yeah. You're it's, fine. It's, it's, you have nothing. For sure. But Oh, yeah. But, they, they kept going with the asymptomatic spread. Oh, going yeah, with a lie. So, going over and over with a lie. I'm like, so if any, I, I, you know, personally, I think that if anybody buys it around, if, if they try the same kind of nonsense one more time around, I don't think it's going to fly. Like, there's too many people that took all that downtime and have turned it against them because they've been listening to crazy people like myself and such and trying to get out here and tell them the truth about the situation. And it's, it's, hey, I mean, the, the Chinese government is using much, TikTok as a, as a, as a psyop weapon. Right. So, right. And ironically, I get shadow banned left and right. I, and so does Jimbo lo- all the time. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely especially being a Freemason because it's evidently we rule the world, right? We own yeah, TikTok. That's what I've literally been told this before. What? <laughs> what nonsense? I've been told. Yeah, I've been told that Freemasons are behind like spying on TikTok and and that like you know you China Freemasons are Chinese. Oh Freemasons yes, yes. Oh my god. Yeah, I literally had to like like he he's. He's so far gone that like so you I didn't some respond. of these some some of these uh, psychos. I mean, the, at this point, they become kind of crazy so, and like so, obsessed. Yeah, so, some, some, yeah. Sometimes I will if if they like if it gets to a point where they just absolutely won't listen to reason. Then I just like whatever. Block, I, block I, I, yeah, block them. And that that guy ended up. Um, I didn't block him. I finally duetted one of his videos where he was claiming how Freemasons are in your just in your city. And they're in your police stations and they're your judges and even at the ball fields and they're just all among you everywhere. Like, and just going full, like monster energy, like drywall punching, like, like type of aggression. And so I, I, I just monster do it. energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah, basically another term for those people, he's, he was so loony that there's some people I avoid engaging with sure. just for the simple fact that they're, quite clearly not all there Absolutely. and i don't want them to become extremists and try to do something um you know be a vigilante they, they just stabbed uh this author uh like this morning in new york they stabbed yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. salman ruthie yeah. they he got he was attacked and stabbed in the neck in new york so you oh know, wow Remember, guys, we're not out here promoting violence, but we are out here promoting uh, coming together for a better cause and uh, finding a way to do through do this through unity and, and peace and such, because I truly think it can be done. Like we I keep if, if you're a regular of the show with this being episode 81 of the continuation 
episodes you know we've 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 had a lot of interesting diversity everywhere on the show and i think it's fair to say that we've all had civil conversations without any like you know too much nonsense i'm sure there's a lot of nonsense but hey we're a band of pirates what can i tell you like and so speaking of that since i know we're about to sign out for the evening once again i appreciate you guys so much this is gonna be a long one i'm sure everybody's gonna gonna enjoy this (laughs) why is uh well i mean as far as the episode and such because you know that's i like them when they run a little long i appreciate it so but why is uh why is pirating so addictive Is there a punchline? They say once you once you lose your first hand, you get hooked. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>